0: guys, to a rather croaky episode of the Nitrogen Podcast with me, Marvellous Mark Ashworth, and the dangerous man over there, Mr. Brian Bradshaw himself. Covering WCW Nitro number 56 from the uh, Savannah Civic Centre in Georgia in the United States of America on the 7th of October 1996 with a capacity of 4,300 people in attendance. Commentary from the usual suspects as always, but first, before we get into that, Brian... How goes it, brother?
1: I'm like you, I'm a bit oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we've, we've both been under the weather recently. Uh, Both with similar problems as well. Like, uh, you know, we've both had heating problems in our workplaces. So we've both ended up with a little bit of a cold. I've had a headache. You know, I've been really worried that I might have symptoms of COVID. Uh, I've been testing myself every single day and it's always come back negative. So I think I'm all right, but yeah, I'm getting better. Glad to hear you're getting better as
0: well, Mark. Yeah, well, this episode of Nitro didn't do anything to make us better, did it really? Um, but we're in a real no. dry spell of good, solid, entertaining action uh, in WCW at this moment in time, unfortunately. We're, and maybe we should stop starved. telling people that at the beginning of the podcast episodes because I don't know if it's turning people off. Uh, <laughs> but.
1: Yeah, it's it's not like we can go and this is a fucking great episode, guys. No, it's like no. you know, because we're just setting everybody up for a bo- for a fall. Really. We're just being honest. We're
0: being honest. We're trying to make uh, the best out of a bad situation, but that's not to say that it doesn't have its glimmer of hope spots in this episode either. There's a couple of a uh, couple of interesting uh, points that that we will discuss as we're going through it. Um,
1: I was retroactively hoping that they would bring the goods for my ninth birthday. Because, uh, yeah, 7th uh, October is my birthday, 1996. I would have just turned nine. The bastards. So, you know, you you could have fucking done a little bit better than this, guys. Yeah, I mean, you would know. there have even been uh,
0: another Nitro on, on your birthday going forward now, knowing 97, 98,
1: 99, 2000, 2001? Yeah. Yeah, I get one Nitro, and it's... <laughs> and it's <boring>. this one. <laughs> you know... The nine-year-old, the nine-year-old Brian is fucking crying because his birthday is so shit because this episode is not up to scratch. Uh, No, it fucking isn't because I wasn't even watching wrestling back then. But, you know, it's kayfabe and I'm working with it.
0: Well, the one, the one, the first disappointment of this is um, it's something that you've mentioned in the past and I don't know if this is something that the network have done or if it's something um, that I've just been overlooking all this time. But the opening has three separate shots of Hogan, one after the other, you know, with big explosions and everything like that on, on the street for, for the natural opening. And I couldn't believe it, it's all Hulk Hogan. Like, so there's one of him doing a leg drop, I think, there's one of him doing, like, a body slam, and there's one of him doing the old fucking I-can't-hear-you Hulk pose. Um <clears throat> And, yeah, I just find it heavily confusing, as you've said in the past, that he's now Hollywood. And they're keeping that in the opening. There's also straight after it is Lex Luger suplexes somebody who's wearing some sort of American flag. Um, I think they've taken Sting out of it completely. Um, I can't think who else yeah. is in it. Like it's so bizarre. This isn't the opening for uh, the current WCW, really, is it? Like
1: <laughs> no, not at all.
0: So yeah, that's if- that's the first birthday present that WCW gave you on your uh, on your birthday.
1: Well, I showed up it was on my birthday and not late.
0: <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, guys. I'm really sorry. <coughs> uh, th- that might happen once or twice. <coughs> Going into the episode, obviously, we go straight to Zabisco and Shivani, And Zabisco is on. He's in full heel mode now uh, f- for this episode. He really is. And we get a quick flashback to last Monday as Macho finds Elizabeth coming out of the NWO hotel room, which we detailed in the previous episode. Uh, and then we go to Saturday night with Harlem Heat winning the titles back off Public Enemy. So yeah. all that that we were talking about last week about Public Enemy being transitional champions, well they were transitional champions for Harlem Heat.
1: Yeah, disregard what we said.
0: Yeah, um, and that's that. That's more on us as well for not looking forward and and seeing what the card was at Halloween Havoc. But we want to be a little bit surprised, don't we?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say we don't want to want to be spoiled. No,
0: not at all. Um,
1: you know and of course it's like it's like me looking forward to the very last night show and uh, realizing that rick Floyd's is wearing a t-shirt i mean well <laughs> i already know that because i've seen that episode yeah. so but it, I, I, it's not like i'm going forward to watch that and remind myself what else happens on that show sure, because i don't really remember much from it mm. but i do remember particularly before wearing a t-shirt yeah but, um yeah i don't know why that sticks out um but yeah just like. Yeah, we're gonna say things like we're gonna give an opinion, and WCW will swear us the next week. You know, it's gonna happen from time to time. Well, I was... in two thousand, probably on a fucking week of this, we're gonna be swearing. <laughs> we're gonna be disappointed that fucking uh, Joe Fuck Nobody wins the winning WCW title, and then the next week is it's been vacated. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, only for Jeff Jarrett to win it like every fucking fortnight. Um... There is uh what were I gonna say then? You y you, you had something like sort of springing into my mind then and I I have completely forgot. I've got fucking cotton wool brain. Oh, of course, okay, right, so yes. Of course we're doing the Halloween Havoc pay-per-view, we're gonna be doing that as a watch long, but it's only one more nitro away now, actually. I, and we were talking with we a couple of weeks ago and we're like, Fucking hell, it's donkeys away, we're not gonna to get to do it for ages and ages. It turns out that Halloween Havoc's probably gonna be our Christmas show as weird as that
1: is <laughs> so it's unfair you know to be honest like halloween and christmas do go hand in hand sort of really i mean you you knock on strangers doors begging for money and sweets or what have you um you have decorations and uh well fucking tim burton made a movie out of it that's true you know the nightmare before christmas that's true, yeah you know we could we can do our own little thing i suppose yeah. you know just uh yeah, just uh, festive it up a little bit. Is that even a word? Festive? Yeah, I don't think it is. Brian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it, it is now. It is now. Um, it, it's our our word. Um,
1: yeah, just just think about this, right? When we're recording, how uh, in havoc I will have a Christmas tree in front of me.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I've got a bottle of advocare downstairs, so I'm I might make some snowballs. <laughs> might have to do that. Or even yeah, even yeah. better still, if we can all be in one fucking place, then fuck it. We'll make us all snowballs and we'll drink that whiskey that you got me.
1: And yeah, go. I think we re- maybe that is what we should do for our Christmas episode. Get together and actually have a proper fucking Christmas together. Yeah, <laughs>
0: if we can like
1: you know? right, if we can
0: spend the day not being ill. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. It just seems like every time people are tuning in, we're fucking ill with something like, yeah. like <clears throat> you know. Um, you may not notice this, guys, but I'm actually recording this from Blackburn Royal Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that bad, I'll just check myself in, just in case.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, the famous Blackburn Royal Hospital might I add, guys, yes? Oh no, because they, no, they went to the infirmary, didn't they? Um, they did, yes. I think, yeah. yeah. And if you don't know what we're on about, it's the Oinsid Stabby incident. Yeah, that's the one. Um, but we, the, we, the Oinsid Stabby incident. <laughs>
1: that was so condescending
0: well at, at, at this point it's almost it's it's been talked about that much it's almost like a parody of itself now isn't it really like every wrestling fan which way from sunday knows that fucking story um and the fact that neither of them died is slightly impressive but slightly i don't want to say disappointing um it's just i just find it a bit weird cuz like did i not end up with like 23 stab wounds or some shit like that it's like, how the fuck did you survive that, mate? It's
1: Iron Anderson. It is
0: Iron Anderson. Yeah, tough motherfucker. Um, <clears throat> who makes an appearance later on uh, in this episode, actually. So yeah, let's let's crack on down to it because, to be honest, that's probably f- fucking the best match of the card. Um,
1: I'll disagree with that okay. one, but we'll continue. No,
0: um, first off, is a non-title tag team match between title grudge match. Sorry. No.
1: Yeah, it's a not it's a grudge match, and the titles are on the line. Yeah, <clears throat> like that that makes no fucking sense considering that there's been two previous matches, and the titles have been on the line, and they've changed hands both times. It's like you think, okay, yeah, third match, we'll have the titles on the line. To be honest with you, I'm not so sure if the titles are on the line or not because the commentary say the titles aren't on the line, mm. but Nick Patrick fucking raises the titles. Yes,
0: he does. Yeah, I didn't notice that.
1: <laughs> so I was really confused. Uh, whether the titles are actually on the line or not.
0: Nick Patrick being Nick Patrick, fucking everything up. What a fucking surprise. Yeah. So, um,
1: Did you hear what uh, Johnny Grunge said to the camera? Uh, I, I don't know. He says the titles are coming back to PBE. Well, no, they're not, because they're not on the line, at, evidently. Mm-hmm. And is public two words? PBE?
0: Yeah, I mean, I could understand if it was T P E, but P B E, that's a bit. Unless he's putting a uh, fucking. So, he's putting a B in the middle.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, uh, so we, we're just going to say that P U is one word of its, on its own. So, P U, Poo, yeah, that fucking describes a public enemy, so I'll <laughs> let him off.
0: And if you didn't guess... Every, t-
1: every time... I bet they fucking stink as well. So like when well, their opponents in the ring and they fucking come towards them and they've got that stench like, Pee! Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah they're, they're,
0: they're definitely nasty boys 2.0, these guys, aren't they?
1: Um, oh, fucking hell, yeah. No wonder they had a feud with the nasty boys. Yeah.
0: It is the dirtiest. Oh, Imagine getting it ringed after them too. Fuck. No.
1: Fucking uh, stench of corn and nuts and fucking th- <laughs> All
0: sorts of shit. In case you haven't uh, guessed yet, guys, it's uh, it's Harlem Heat versus Public Enemy. <laughs> just in case you didn't know. Uh, so yes, of course, Booker T and Stevie Ray with Colonel Robert Parker and Sister Sherry, who uh, gets heavily involved, uh, versus Johnny Grunge and Rock Rock. Early on, uh, Grunge is too heavy to get any momentum to even jump over Booker T, as, he, uh, as they do the old leapfrog lie-down spot. Uh, surprise, surprise. This fucking, uh, just, I rolled my eyes and laughed. Because like, it was like yeah, it goes well he goes into the, he, he doesn't get the momentum and so kind of falls over a and then can't swing himself around to bounce off the ropes as well the ropes like bounce bounce like bend so far out of the ring as well it's just
1: it's embarrassing really yeah I thought the uh, rope was actually going to come clean off <laughs> even though they're not ropes they're fucking cables in WCW That's it. But I really expect you know if you if are pushing a fucking cable all that far. Something's not right, though. No, no, not at all. But it's around this time that like Larry says the public enemy are the evil cannibal wrestling, and I'm like, well, no, because cannibals actually like. <laughs> but they are probably just as fucking dangerous. Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah, these guys just don't fucking give a fuck, do they? Um... No,
1: I, 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 all I'm saying is I'm glad they don't come out on bikes because <laughs> that that is a disaster waiting to happen. Fucking hell. Please do not invite them to Bloody Road Wild next year. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs>
0: well, things do take an unexpected turn later on as Rock comes in uh, and goes right after Sherry after she gets involved at ringside, pinning her to the guardrail. Oh, rail. my
1: uh, God. <laughs> Seriously, this did fucking frighten me. Yeah. As I have as said already, the public enemy are reckless. Mm-hmm. And when he grabbed Sherry, I thought, right, this ain't going to be a working punch here. No. It... Re- honestly I was like my eyes were good to the screen in horror. I mean well well done public enemy. For the first time ever you've had my eyes good to the screen <laughs> during one of your matches. But for the wrong reasons. Mm. Yeah, thankfully Booker fucking breaks this up before it, it can go all, awkward. Yeah. Alright. Whatever the word is. Yeah,
0: Booker Booker comes in and, and and basically fucking punches Rock in the back of the head. But um Sherry's top almost comes complete fucking like loose. You know, we almost got to see the uh, the Sherry Martels, and thankfully she does manage, she managed to wrap herself up fairly quickly. I don't know if it got caught on, on Rocco's fucking fucking, I don't know, hockey Jersey or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. It's more like a tent. Um, the fucking
1: stench burnt all the buttons. Yeah, it, maybe <laughs> it just fell
0: apart. So yeah, she skedaddles out of fucking Dodge pretty quickly. Uh, there's a quick, no surprise. <laughs> there's a quick plug for Nick Patrick's injury. Uh, as we go to a break, obviously still wearing the old dog collar. Um, and during the break, we see uh, uh, an advert for the Macho Man bandana and black and white T-shirt for $25, mate. What a fucking steal that is. I love that
1: shirt. I think it's ace. Yeah, I, I looked at that shirt and I'm like, I want that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I did actually go on uh, to the Euro shop and it's not there, unfortunately. So you know, Of all the places where I'd expect to find it, the Euro shop, because they've gone into a, this trend where they're remaking classic shirts. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you want to fucking make money... Put that shirt on. I'll buy five. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think um, I think WC at WCW Worldwide. I think they were selling them at one point because they had the design don't, for it.
1: Yeah, but don't they have a season desist from WWE nowadays? If they do, it hasn't really stopped them. <laughs> I know they were say, uh, saying that they were having to pull a lot of stuff. This like last year at some point. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think they've done a Steiner one, haven't they? Because they were they were saying we really need to get this one out before the Steiners kiss and make up with the WWE. <laughs> um, but they're still doing the pin badges and stuff like that, which is uh, it's sort of like the the um, the event posters for pay per views and stuff like that. So I don't know how far that cease and desist goes, but I, I think I, it's it's a bit shitty in it, really. If the if the WWE aren't going to make that fucking product, then you know let somebody else have a fucking go because it clearly sells. Um, yeah
1: and also record profits yeah shut the fuck up wb <laughs> yeah
0: yeah uh, t- and just as a side note as well i have that design so if push comes to shove i, I could just fucking make that shirt for us <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> fucking bootlegging yeah why why the fuck not gotta make money somehow fucking- bro
1: jesus christ i didn't realize we we're podcasting with got earl head <laughs> now
0: Well, uh, as we go back from uh, the break, we go we cut to the back actually straight away, and Lizzie's looking for Macho Man, but he isn't in his dress in the dressing room assigned to him, which looked more like a fucking boiler room on backstage assault to me, to be perfectly honest. Uh, She continues looking uh, as the camera sort of pans away, and we go back to the ring, and Booker T is completely dominating Rock. Uh, There's a huge right forearm to Rock as he's sent to the outside, uh, and Stevie as sorry as he's sent to the outside, and Stevie holds him wide open. um, yeah, <laughs> that was from Sherry. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't note that down. Sorry, uh, Sherry with the huge right forearm. Uh, I was quite impressed with, and it's not like Nick Patrick to miss things like that. Uh, the NWO has arrived from a spot in the crowd, and Scott all says that Harlem Heat are hillbillies, and Nash says that he's gonna, uh, they're gonna snap into those belts at Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc. Nice fucking play into the words there.
1: Um, yeah, they're also wearing nasal strips.
0: Are they? I didn't see that.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, because Scott Hall makes reference to it. You know, he goes, you know, and now I know why you wear, wear these things. He touches his nose and then I just saw them. And I'm like, that's a real weird thing to mock him for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, gee, God, I won't snore anymore.
0: <laughs> and it went a bit weird, this promo, didn't it? Because, like, Hall started going, ch which, okay, yeah. Yeah, I get that because it's Halloween havoc, it's scary, blah, blah, blah. But then Scott all repeats himself like 55 times saying, I can't even re- yeah. remember what he says.
1: No, I, I can't remember what he said, but that. Seriously, <laughs> I thought Raven was going to come out. I thought it was like a classic Raven theme that he was trying to do. You know, <laughs> you know, I was really expecting Raven just to fucking turn around and fucking take off his shirt. It's part of the NWO. Uh Sadly not.
0: No, not yet. No, that's not a spoiler. Right? I don't think he ever goes into N.W.O. Um, nah, and I don't think he needed the N.W.O. No, not at all. Um, what was his What was his theme? A of rip off of in W.C.W. No, I can't remember. Was uh, it Come on? as You Are?
1: Yeah, it was Come as You Are. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, there you go. Um, and and then and then T.N.A. did a slower version of it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: There's a, there's a little bit of news about Raven later on actually um, Because he's currently the ECW World Heavyweight Championship But completely I say later on actually I just fucking say it now He not showed the ECW Shaw Who's supposed to face Sandman um, And I don't know if he was meant to drop the title or not But basically ECW uh, put Sandman versus Stevie Richards for the title uh, And Sandman came away with the win on that one So there you go You're updated on the ECW goings-on uh, Raven again no showing And um, the Rock and Roll Express was supposed to be there as well And they not showed I wonder what they were doing Wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, the distraction from the N.W.O. doesn't work for Harlem Heat too much. Uh, it's only when the N.W.O. leave that Booker T misses a middle rope elbow drop uh, for the hot tag for the public enemy that nobody cared about. Stevie sent in scoop slammed, uh, and as Rock gets up top, Sherry distracts Patrick while Rob Parker shakes the top rope, and Rock goes through the table at the side of the ring. Uh, there's a. St-
1: oh. I was listening to this. We had. Uh, what's say listen to this. I was watching this with headphones on, with my, uh, my Bluetooth headset on, mm. and the crunch on that table. Like I, I don't know if they added in a sound effect or not, but it sounded really <laughs> fucking gnarly.
0: <laughs> that should be right next to a camera. I would have thought. Yeah. From where the positioning is, but yes, it was like Weetabix being just fucking snapped in half. Um, yeah, he goes flying through that. Uh, it's a slight side slam, side slam from Stevie, and a massive knee drop onto the chair, onto the knee that they've been um, they've been working on for the past few moments while Sherry is on the apron still distracting the referee. Um,
1: no, literally hugging Patrick. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so weird. And he and he reciprocates. Hmm. <laughs> Like, even more weird like, what is. the fuck is going on I don't know like if I'm turning with Robert Parker I'm like hey get off me
0: boo well it's all fun and games until somebody gets well pink eye um so yeah all Pete people win this one uh with all that all those shenanigans uh, and there's a limo outside that's uh, pulling in and obviously everybody's speculating that it's the NWO because we we now correlate limos with uh, the NWO because why the fuck would you not um but it's not the NWO. It's... Well... It's
1: Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's Jeff Jarrett. Um, <laughs> but the funny thing is, is he gets out and Zabisco says, I can't tell who, he, who it is. <laughs> Which I love because at this point in time, Jeff Jarrett is like the most overrated fucking wrestler on the planet. Like, I'd rather watch Public Enemy, to be perfectly honest. Um, And at the end of this... In my
1: I think that's a bit harsh. <laughs>
0: I don't. I, I I honestly can't stand Jeff Jarrett in this fucking time. No, in, in this moment, I I, I don't know why. The, no. The outfit it, it, is it, it, just like bizarre. Well,
1: well, we'll we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, he's not likable. And to be honest with you, even to this day, he's still not that likable. No, he's not. I've always but,
0: thought he was overrated. Always, always, always thought he was overrated.
1: He's a de- but he's also a decent enough wrestler. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it's all about. For me, with Jeff Jarrett, it's about the right opponents, uh, you know, or the right tag team partner. I, I honestly think he-, he was always better served as a tag team wrestler than a singles wrestler because he does have his limitations. Yeah. And as a tag team wrestler, you can hide those limitations. But when he's been in a tag team, it's like, for-, for the most part, he's been really enjoyable. Even Owen Hart, mm-hmm. great tag team. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that tag team. You know? Yeah. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and TNA, ugh. Well,
0: it's your company, you fucking butt yourself to the top, don't you? Wink, wink, yeah. fucking Cody Rhodes, wink, wink, the Young Bucks.
1: Yeah, yeah, fucking Cody Rhodes, honestly. I, after this week, I'm just officially done with the guy now.
0: So, I I don't actually know what's happened to you, because I've not I've not been paying attention. Um, all, all I'm gonna but say all I've is, seen is that fucking people are n- just not impressed with Cody Rhodes
1: anymore. No, because he's constantly making all these allusions to Triple H. You know, and obviously Triple H... Back in the two thousands, was always it uh, was always scrutinized for burying people, having a gold, golden, uh, golden shovel, and all this shit. Uh, even though Triple H always gave his opponents a lot to to work with, he he give them, he'd allow them to get their shit in, you know. Right. Um, that's uh, the only indictment is is that he was always winning. Yeah. You know. Well, what the fuck is Cody Rhodes doing different? Yeah. He's allowing his opponents to get the shit in, but he's going over all the time. Yeah, And he literally brings out a golden shovel in this match. <laughs> I- I'm sorry, you-, you cannot make allusions to Triple H like that when you are doing the exact same fucking thing. Yeah. And trying to put your opponent through a flaming table and completely overshooting it and going through it yourself and then pinning your opponent. Like, you know what, Cody? Just fuck off, please. I've had enough of you. Like, Just turn heel, you're a heel, dude. Yeah. Just turn heel. It's, that's the thing. That's what makes him so much worse than Triple H. At least Triple H was a fucking heel. Mm. So he can get away with doing it. Cody Rhodes, he's supposed to be a fucking face. He's getting booed no matter where he is now. And and he's saying in interviews, I'll never be a heel again. Well, you know what? You're a heel in everybody else's eyes. Just fucking, just do it. Come on. Yeah,
0: I mean, you are if you're being booed anyway. So just fucking, yeah. you know, just just just, you may you may as well just lean into it. Yeah,
1: change the personality. Fuck me. I did, I did I did, I, did say- I don't think you need to change the personality no. because the fucking promos. <laughs> Some of the promos he's cut quite recently are very heelish, but not. I don't think they're intentionally heelish. I just think he's a dumb cunt that doesn't realise how he's <laughs> coming across. And that and, and I go back to that cape that he had on his return. That yeah. Ridiculously long cape. That's so obnoxious cape. It's like again, you're a heel. You can dress yourself in fucking Captain America or Superman or whatever. You know, you're a heel, dude.
0: Yeah. No, I, I did see a lot of uh, a lot of heat, no pun intended, for um, for Cody Rhodes Rods uh, after Dynamite this week. Uh, I did see, I did see the flaming table spot. Um, I mean, it's I, I just don't know. I don't know how you get it wrong, but I can understand why you would potentially get it wrong to to kind of keep your opponents safe, if you know what I mean. But then it's nonsensical because. Like AEW uses like 8K cameras now, and like nobody has an 8K TV yet, but they're using 8K cameras, and you're not you're not going to miss anything. You know what I mean? And the crowd can clearly see the the fucking TV audience can clearly see that the opponent has not gone through that table, you know. And then like you said, Cody's just like straight on with pin, just that element of belief believability is just gone. You know, the, why? Why was the the is there a backstory to this flaming table even being there? Was it necessary, or is it just, uh, oh, this is what we'll do this week because we're spot monkeys?
1: Literally, that's all it is.
0: I, was, I just, I'm just not for it. Like, no, if there's no point in being there, if if there's no fucking, like, if there's a flaming table in a Kane match, you understand it because well, fuck, we all know the backstory of Kane, but uh, Cody Rhodes and his long fucking wedding dress train. Fucking thing, and then fucking five weeks later, he's bringing fucking tables, uh, tables with fire on them. Well, I just don't get it. Like it doesn't fucking make any sense to me. What direction are you going in, Corey? Seriously, that's part of the reason why I don't fucking tune in every week. Primarily because he gets on my nerves, but he's got on yeah. my nerves for a long time. Um, yeah. But also the fact that knowing that he he's instrumental in the decision making process in AEW, it just turns me off straight away. I just can't be doing we with wrestlers on TV booking the TV show because you yeah. know which direction it's always going to go.
1: Uh, well, it's not booking. It's the fact that it's not fair booking. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you one thing, and maybe I'm stepping over a line here, but I'm fucking saying it. Dusty would not have accepted this. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. No, he would. He would have been in in his ear. Yeah, you know. I'm not going to say that Dusty Rhodes is going to be fucking. You know, he's rolling in his grave like that. I will not say anything like that. I won't say he'd be disappointed in Cody. I'm just saying if he were alive, he would have been having words with him, and saying, you know what, this isn't how you put people over. Yeah, yeah. It's not. No matter how how much you give, it's not how you put people over. I was thinking,
0: like when we when we were saying that just then, I was thinking before you even said that, like that the Cody is missing that that experienced voice to talk to and to have, you know, somebody come back and say, no, what you what you want to be thinking is you want to be thinking about doing it this way. Instead, we're doing it the Cody Rhodes way, which is, I say inexperienced in, in the most respectful terms because he is experienced, obviously, but not as experienced as a guy like Dusty is or was. Um, he needs that. I think he needs that in his ear. He needs somebody to to sort of fucking. That's that's what Iron would have been there to do.
1: You know. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Iron is in his ear, but it's just a case of. of course he's not listening. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's my company. I uh, will do to... what I want. Yeah, and Iron Iron is just there to to do his job and earn a living. Yeah. Which, you know, what I'm all for it, for doing that and. Yes, maybe it's not up to him to tell Cody how to do his job, but at the end of the day, he's a veteran, he's a legend of the of the business, and probably one of the best people to get advice from. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I don't know, dude. I, I, I... Just listen to the guy. Come on. AEW was at its peak when Cody was off TV. Yes, in, in my personal opinion. Um... But anyway, back to back to WCW. Um, yes, Jeff Jarrett's arrived. Uh, we go back to Saturday night with Sh- Tony Schiavone interviewing Nick Patrick, who has laid down that the Macho Man has been fined $1 million for assaulting him, while he also says that the person who was stirring up lies and controversy about him isn't here anymore, is he? And, of course, we're referencing Mean Gene Auckland there, uh, who's still sat at home not doing a right lot at this moment
1: in time. Um you got a story with one little thing. Nick Patrick said he's personally fining Randy Savage a million dollars. Who the fuck gave him that authority? Oh, I didn't, he I fu- didn't hear that. Yeah, you're just a fucking referee, Yeah. <laughs> you're not an authority figure. You're not You're not controlling the books. No.
0: I, Who the fuck are you? Yeah, it's just like what a, the a, fuck? a random guy going up to another random guy in the street and saying, I'm fining you 500 quid because, well, fuck it, why not?
1: Oh, shit, is that where I'm going wrong?
0: <laughs> yeah, that'd sort Christmas <laughs> right out, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Next up, no- and it, go on.
1: he's also lobbying for a Savage to get a suspension. And at this point, I'm like, "Yep, yeah, you're clearly working for the N.W.R. Because if you're lobbying for Savage to get a suspension, you're trying to do everything in your power, as little as it may be, to prevent him from having his title match at Halloween Havoc." Yeah. You may as well just take off your fucking blue shirt now. Yeah. And reveal an N.W.R. Sh-
0: shirt. Zabisco more or less says the same, doesn't he? Uh, is it Zabisco that says the same, or is it Siobhan that says the same? I can't remember. Uh, I completely messed up it's it's, it's fairly late on um I, I think it's shivani Shivani is sort of saying well um if we need a leader in WCW then why is Nick Patrick taking the one person away that is potentially the leader in WCW um because obviously it's a covert operation um it's sticks up for Patrick um Yeah, he just sticks up for for Nick Patrick. Really. He's <laughs> just all heels. I was reading match down it. like it, it. It. it was in fucking different sections there and I started talking about something completely fucking different. Um, yeah,
1: so matter-of-factly like that, it yeah. <laughs> yeah, just sticks up for him. Yeah. <laughs> do. Uh,
0: singles match Diamond Downs Page versus Jim Powers with Teddy Long Player. Um, just interject if you're if you taking any of these as well because I've completely forgot which ones you were taking. Uh, it wasn't this one though, was it? No. No. Um, As they trade holes, we go back to a pre recorded video from DDP telling him, telling Eddie Guerrero to watch what's happening in the ring right now, seeing as Eddie's at home. uh, And he says that he's going to put something on him that Ajax, I almost said Ajax then, Ajax (laughs) won't get off of him. Uh, Yeah, obviously we're not on about the football slash soccer team, uh, Ajax, the cleaning agent that we all fucking know and love. No,
1: we don't really. Um, Did you hear the. Quite racial name he gives Eddie Guerrero uh, here.
0: Uh, uh, he did say something, but I didn't. I didn't note it down.
1: He called him burrito boy. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> it's like DDP. I like you. Come on, dude. You don't need to do that. It's lowest common denom- denominator here.
0: Oh god. Oh dear. As burrito a- boy. Look,
1: uh, uh, hey,
0: as long as everybody's all right with it, and it's for fucking co- you know character purposes. See- Right,
1: I don't fucking believe everyone's alright with it. I don't believe there's that much thought or plan that goes into WCW at this point. Well, I don't think. You know, th- it's... I
0: don't think it's scripted. I don't think these promos are scripted. So burrito boys hey. literally come off the top of DDP's head. Exactly, I mean.
1: that's my point. Yeah. I don't think. It, I don't think he's gone to any uh, Guerrero beforehand and said, "Hey, yeah, can I call you Burrito Boy Holmes?" No. Like, Holmes, he, he's not done that. <laughs>
0: You had to say Holmes as well. I did. That's, just 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 adding to the fucking stereotypes.
1: I'm just saying, like, if he's calling him Burrito Boy, I imagine if they're going to have a conversation, he probably would go that one step further and call him Holmes. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I think they I think they've got a decent relationship, haven't they, at this point, DDP and Eddie? Um, well, I'd like to hope so. Anyway, that that it's setting it's setting good. I don't know, good humour, good taste. I don't know how to describe. What it should be in, but yeah, I don't know. It's it is a bit, uh, (laughs) yeah, boy, just a little bit, uh, yeah. It's from fucking Texas. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I always forget that. Yeah. As I type that, uh, Diamond Cutter out of nowhere. As Powers initially goes for a crossbody off uh, off the ropes, DDP reverses a clothesline into a full Nelson and boom into a uh, into a Diamond Cutter, and it's over three count. Teddy Long comes in. Uh, but it's handbags briefly, and as Dallas leaves, Zabisco right. says Patrick was the breaking it up between DDP and Teddy Long, explaining nobody will mess with Patrick knowing that Macho is being fined so much.
1: Um, I, I, I'm I going to annoy that you keep glossing over the really good stuff in this, because I, I, I couldn't help but laugh at this. Teddy Long is checking on, um, on Jim Powers, and DDP just fucking kicks him in the bum. But not like a like a proper just a sweat kick. It's like a push kick at the bottom of his foot. He just pushes him off with of his foot and just like and the way Teddy just rolls over and then just stands back up like nothing happened. Yeah, you
0: know sells it like, to death, yeah.
1: Yeah, I just I was in absolute hysterics. It's not my favourite cell of the night, but it's a a shoe-in, a literal shoe-in, for a cell of the night. <laughs> I was in hysterics. Post-match,
0: uh, Mike Tenet is at the entranceway to introduce the old man, Randy Savage, who's shown up with uh, M- Nigel Mansell decked out in Slim Jim gear for the... Oh, na- fucking the, Nigel Mansell. <laughs> the latest... Na- I don't... I, I didn't know who the fuck it were. Um, I think his name was Jason Keller. Jason Keller, yeah. Uh, I found that out at the end because I had to do a Google search. But I, I just... I don't know. Um, once I'd seen Nigel Mansell, that were it. Um, <laughs> then I realised he actually looks like a friend of mine uh, who... Uh, well, we'll talk, we'll talk about him a, a, another time. Uh, Matchell says <laughs> that the NWO has been going crazy recently all over the place, saying that they're going to romp the Speedway with the NWO car uh, that was uh, brought out a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> See, I don't even know his name here. I said, but this guy said that the NWO hit a wall. Uh, and then they cut to the footage from the Speedway with the NWO car totaled as Scott all, and other members of the NWO look on. And when I say tall, I mean fucking tall. Apparently, it did like go headfirst into the wall. Um, it looked right. all
1: right, mess. So I have to ask a question. Matt, right. was this choreographed or not? Was the was it the crash? was it was it choreographed or did it they really, Did it not have the fucking jabroni uh, driver? I forgot his bloody name. actually, driver. They had a professional stuntman who actually crashed it into the wall, and it was raped. So he's completely protected, and he's not going to end up bursting into flames or some shit like that. You know, like they would do in a movie, basically. Did they have a professional stuntman or was it, no pun intended, a happy accident and they played with it? I
0: think it's a happy accident. I think, basically, if the NWO car gets fucking top ten and beats out the WCW cars, then they can run in that direction. If it crashes or it fucking blows up or whatever, then you can run in it. Well, if it blows up, fuck me, they probably won't even use it in a storyline, to be fair. Uh, but crashing, knowing that everybody's all right, I think you're going to use that as well. Uh, right?
1: Okay. That well, it's hard to pull,
0: it's hard to pull off stunts. Like I don't watch NASCAR because it's it's very boring. Boring, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. it would be very hard to pull off a stunt on a speedway like that because yeah. those cars are coming around so fucking quickly. With a car, you know, doing a stunt like that could well, I, cause way more damage than, than well,
1: for me. <sighs> I might be completely off base here, but I don't think there is a big enough crossover between NASCAR and wrestling for wrestling fans to be actually just tuning in to watch this NWO car. I think like they would have some people tuning in, but I don't think they'd have like thousands of people tuning in. So for me, it could easily just be a case of that car wasn't actually in the race. And they just did it separately, you know, without the race actually going on. And then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this actually happened at the race. You know what I mean? It could easily been that. But I'm inclined to believe what you said, that it is a happy accident. Yeah. But the fact that it is a happy accident actually annoys me a little bit more because Jesus Christ, the savage fucking milk this. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, oh it, 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 This is just so fucking cringe. So fucking cringe. Because he's like, you know, because uh, obviously the guy, the guy is winning fucking Jason Keller, uh, Nigel Mansell, fucking whatever you want to call him, uh, Gibraltar only driver number two. <laughs> he's driving the Sunjin car and he's like, did you finish in the top 25? Yes. Did you finish in the top 20? Yes. Did you finish in the top... It's like, just get to the fucking point. Yeah. You know, just say, where did you finish? 10th place. Alrighty. And then he probably lays that into racing references. And it's like, yeah, it's just really poor by his
0: standards. It's not a match promo, is it? There's a, it's, no. it's a big plug, this, essentially. Yeah. For, for and it's se- the and relationship it, between the two and, companies.
1: And it's so self-indulgent on WCW's part. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I will say... Continue, sorry.
0: Well, I mean... Th- I understand the relationship because the WWF is the North company and WCW is the South company, and NASCAR mm. is predominantly um, popular in the South of America. It's the same reason why TNA did it, because they were, they were trying to get a foothold in the, in the Southern uh, southern US sort of fucking strongholder fucking territory, if you want to call it a territory, because territory haven't really existed in fucking the mid-90s, did they? So...
1: I'll call it the Southern demographic. Yeah,
0: that's it, yeah. So the relationship does make sense to me. But you're you, you you're right When you, in what you're saying. It is, a bit, it is self-indulgent, and, and obviously they are trying to promote, okay, this is what we can do for NASCAR, so what can NASCAR do for us? That sort yeah. of thing. But I, I genuinely feel like NASCAR isn't going to do anything for WCW. I don't think there's... No. Unless they're going to run an advert during an ad break, which isn't NASCAR anyway. That's whoever the fucking uh, network is. You know, it, it, it just... I don't know. It... it i think it literally is the, the 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 lowest common denominator as you were saying earlier to to that southern stereotype you know yeah nascar fans like wrestling and wrestling fans like nascar which
1: does i don't think correlates no um i will say one thing though savvy scene uh trying to do a fucking savage depression with my bloody really bad throughout the months <laughs> it's gonna be really difficult but Breathe, the big metal man in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> that line was fucking brilliant. Yeah. Didn't quite save the promo, but it was just a nice explanation point. No,
0: the other, the other one, I'll give it. Uh, actually, I, I've got to give it to Mike today, Uh because they fucking once he once Macho finds out that they're in the top fifteen, he goes back to Tenay and says, "How great is that? We're gonna party." And then Tine, Tine just says, "Oh yeah, we're gonna party all day." Like, what a player. (laughs) (laughs) He likes a good time, doesn't uh, fucking Mike today. So, yeah, happy days. Uh, Yeah, the the crowd aren't so keen on this uh, until he ties in the pay-per-view match with Hogan, saying uh, he too is going to crash and burn like the NWO car did. Um, And he's then cut off by Elizabeth, who's actually caught up with him and begs for him to let her explain. But Macho says what's done is done uh, and walks off with his new pal, Jason Kelly.
1: Uh, you say he walks off, you literally grabs him by the arm and they're like, Come on, let's get out of here <laughs> And it's not like he walks off either. And they're fucking dying out there, it's like, Oh is Elizabeth gone yeah.
0: Poor Liz, I feel I feel really sorry for Liz at the moment. And like she she's only really got herself to blame. But I feel yeah. she's just like she's got that face and I just like, Liz. Oh Liz. Oh. I feel really bad for
1: her. You just want to ruffle her hair and tell her everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Give her some bread. I wouldn't ruffle her
0: hair, though. That's a, that's a bit too far. I might pat her on back and just say, there, there, everything's going to be all
1: right. <laughs> we both just made her sound like an animal. <laughs> yeah. I made her sound like a fucking horse, and you made her sound like a dog. <laughs> She's definitely not a dog. Jesus Christ. She's definitely not a fucking horse, either. No. <laughs>
0: Next, uh, next up we're going to see The, uh, the Faces of Fear and Mengen the Barbarian with Jimmy Hart versus High Voltage Kenny Chaos and Robbie Rage in a standard tag team match
1: oh god every time Right, how many times have we seen High Voltage on WCW television I'd say about five or six times yeah. and every single time I forget their fucking names <laughs> so at this point I've just stopped trying I just called them Bond and Brunette <laughs> that's who they are to me yeah
0: yeah Well, why not? Why the fuck not? It's more descriptive. Um, Yeah. Meng doesn't sell anything here. It's Meng. I mean, why would he? Uh, (laughs) Until the camera cuts to Benoit, Mongo and Deborah, who are watching this match from the entranceway, uh, which is further exclaimed by cutting to a fucking split screen. Uh, Yeah. Either way...
1: They're doing that a lot tonight. They are, yeah.
0: Uh, Faces of fear get the upper hand again as Barbarian is in with a big clothesline and a huge running slam into the corner. I uh, think there was a completely clean super kick from Meng behind the distracted Mark Curtis' is back for the win, which Barbarian takes as the legal man. Um, that's the one thing about like distracting the referee. Distracting the referee is, is... or getting the referee to be distracted. It's a heelish move. But then when you come in and do something completely clean, it's just like, well, it's... A, I, that kind of... Um, it was more a case of just doing a double-team move without tagging it. Yeah, it is. And, and I get which, it. Which is illegal. illegal. Yeah. But... But then but you the get a, is, you get a five count from the referee anyway, so yeah, yeah I don't know. I, if you are going a cheap shot like that, do a do some proper, you know what I mean? Take your boot off and whack him over with boot or some shit. Just some <laughs> basic. I don't fucking know. Um, yeah. So yeah, they fucking faces a that one.
1: Point carried. Uh, fun little squash match, regardless. So did you enjoy it? I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. It was like just for in terms of a squash match, it was it was fun. Yeah. I just saw uh, Meng and Barbarian we on to poor fucking jobbers whose names i can't get right yeah. so you know <laughs> and i mean i i've been saying it for a while now the first of the fear have been really enjoyable as a team yeah. lately yeah and that they, they get all the shitting. yeah it's like some squash matches are there for you know just uh a, a couple of minutes of just fast-paced enjoyment just get it out the way mm. sometimes it can be good sometimes it can be bad mm. this was good yeah but not brilliant.
0: No, not brilliant, but yeah, it had its place, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um next up. Just
1: Fer gets the uh, face of the fear over.
0: Yeah, um
1: Glacier versus So I didn't I didn't put winner. I put Wiener. <laughs> I, I... I just said I just put up next, Glenn Danzig does the job to Glacier.
0: <laughs> Is that yeah, I didn't know who it were.
1: No, Mike Wenner. But yeah, he looks remarkably like Glenn Danzig.
0: Alright. Oh, yeah, I've put Wiener. Oh, I've <laughs> tried to put Winner, and the fucking autocorrect's just gone for Wiener. I don't fucking know. So it's Glacier versus Mike Wenner, which I'm going to presume is supposed to be a player on Mike Winner, But he ain't doing no winning in this one, is he? Um, 20 kicks from Glacier. Mike gets a brief comeback in the corner. More kicks from Glacier. Side slam into a pancake as Mike rotates too much. More kicks from Glacier. Uh, a slingshot crossbody. Okay then, that's fucking out of nowhere. Um, another kick from Glacier and a three count. So... Glacier, the, the kicker. That's just it. Uh, yeah, hour 2 it's... kicks off just as Glacier's fi- finishing up his dance moves post-match. Uh, yeah. Boring. Boring. And that's a right. squash, match, squash match that, that didn't serve its purpose. Yeah. <laughs>
1: all, all I'm going to say is Tony's hyping up, like when Glacier comes out, the aversion that he gets from the fans the fans are dead fucking silent. <laughs> they pop once in this match, and that's when he does the sunshot uh, crossbody. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. It's the only time. In fact, after um, just before he does that, there is an audible, boring chant from fans. There is, yeah. Now, it's only about four or five people just going, boring. But you can hear them yeah. because you can hear a pin fucking drop in the arena. Yeah. It's like, they're trying to pre- present... This guy as like the next big thing, and they're saying like fans are loving what he's doing, but it's clear as day that they're not. Mm. You know, there's just nothing interesting about this character, and he's tossed already.
0: Yep, yep. It won't be long before he's in the uh, a tag team of some sort. I can't remember who he ends up fucking going into a tag team with, but it is. Um, as I said, yeah,
1: it won't, it won't be long until he's fall out in the sink.
0: <laughs> well, the the snow isn't. Dropping from the uh, from the ceiling anymore. It's all fireworks and stuff like that. As our two comes in and we usher in Eric Bischoff, Mattson, it and probably the Brain Heenan um, into the singles match, which is going to be uh, Double J Jeff Jarrett, who's been whacked straight onto the card, versus Hugh Morris.
1: And I'm going to be taking this one, yes,
0: guys. Fire away. Yes. Yeah.
1: Right. First of all, first of all, all, I've got to ask is what on earth is Jarrett's music dubbed in? It's it, awful. It's, it sounds like something straight out of Mario Kart. It's dubbed in. It's, a, it's yeah. a WWE dubbing, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like something straight out of Mario Kart. I, f- I mean, literally. It, it may be from, like, Moo Moo Wedows or Mario, uh, Wario's Goldmine. <laughs> it's fucking awful. Like, it just doesn't suit him. You're saying it's a WWE thing, but I actually checked up. It is actually a WCW theme.
0: It might be a theme, it w- but it's definitely
1: dubbed in. It might be dubbed in through, like, to dub in something... Uh, you know, some other theme that they don't have rights to, mm. but he did actually use this in WCW. Right. So, yeah, it's... Because uh, later, it, it, later on... It's not good. La- it's not good.
0: Later on, Tony Schiavone says that it's it's Jeff Jarrett's WCW debut, but it doesn't.
1: No, he's been there before. Yeah,
0: and I think it was the before that he used this theme.
1: Yeah, the one thing that uh, WWE were pissed off with him about, because uh, when he goes back in 1997, I think it is, or 98... Um, he goes back with the idea where he's going to get a big push yeah. and then he buries Steve Austin in his first promo, your push is over straight away. Yeah. Whatever push you're getting, it's over and done with. Yeah. But you could also argue that his lack of loyalty is why he didn't get a push either because at any time his contract was out, you know, he was jumping ship.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I think there's not a wrestler that jumped ship more than fucking Jeff Jarrett in this time period. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm, I swear it's like five or six times that he, he moves between these companies. You know, it's uh, no wonder, you know, he doesn't fucking draw a dime. This is is part of the reason
0: why he pisses me off so much, because he had these delusions of grandeur that he was the fucking big player. Like, he was bigger than Steve Austin. I know he was mates with Steve Austin, and I think he might have even tagged with Steve Austin at some point in his Um, wrestling career. I'm not saying stone cold, but...
1: No, uh, him and Steve Austin, not friends. Right, okay. Um, Uh, Going back, as far as Steve Austin wrestling for his father's territory oh i see i can't remember what it was yeah because not um steve austin back in in these early days wasn't really earning much The uh, stories of him but he's surviving off hot dogs it's it, it, it's well renowned but there is this classic story where he he works for the territory fucking, he's sat in the locker room he's looking at his check and it's fucking it's low, it's nothing worth surviving of probably something like $20 or some shit like that Jeff Jarrett, obviously started the fucking promotion because it's it's dad's promotion comes in and just says to Steve Austin well it ain't gonna get bigger by looking at it Mm. and Austin fucking hated him from that from then on and then when he fucking buries Austin without prior consent you know it's no fucking wonder that Steve Austin. You know, Steve Austin doesn't talk favourably of Jeff Jarrett. He never has. He does not like the guy. And I do not fucking blame him. That's the attitude that you have towards anybody. It doesn't matter where they are on the card. Mm. If they're working at the promotion and you are the top star and you go to one of the, st- the other guys who were disappointed with a paycheck and saying, it's not going to get bigger by looking at it, then you're a dick. Mm. And you deserve to be despised. Yeah. Yeah, so...
0: Not friends, right? So I, I I don't know where I got this idea that they were friends like way down the line um, when Steve Austin had her. But hey ho, uh, whatever. Um, maybe was...
1: before that incident. Yeah, maybe I don't know. But
0: um, but yeah, there, there was there was the idea weren't there, that 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 Jerrod was going to go into a program with Stone Cold in the WWF when he goes back in, like you said, '97 or
1: whatever it is. Um, that is probably but... Vince Russo promising. Well, look, you know, a full set of goods, because they're good friends. Well, yeah, I mean, well, obviously they're fucking good
0: friends. They fucking followed each other around like fucking dogs on eat. Um, <laughs> but I will pick this back Jesus up. Jesus Christ, time. I was fucking drinking then, dude. <laughs> we'll pick this back up at the end, once once we get past the, the, the interview at the end, because obviously I was I was going to mention the interview at the end, but there's no point, because you're going to detail it anyway. So
1: Yeah. Anyway, all that fucking out of the way. Also, he's dressed like an absolute tit. Yeah, I I say it looks like a pound shop stripper. <laughs> yeah, it's just fucking awful. What is that gear? Who the fuck came up with that idea of the gear? I don't know. I don't. It know. is I, I just some of the worst attire I've ever seen. Yeah, it's like the yeah. grill of a car. <laughs> it 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 looks like I can't remember what they call them. But you know, you know them like uh, old timey dress shirts. With the like the frilly stuff on the collar yeah yeah can't remember it looks like someone's put one of them in a paper shredder. yeah <laughs> yeah it's just it is awful like yeah and i know it gets worse because i know he fucking starts experimenting with different colors like i know at one point he's wearing silver he looks like a fucking some kind of weird space alien in it <laughs> but he just you know just i don't know just yeah whatever anyway we're gonna match uh Morris Iris which Jarrett in the corner, but Jarrett slingshots over him, laughs and struts. The commentary discussed why Jarrett would want to associate with the end of the war, but I don't think that was at all hinted at, you know? Mm. I don't remember it being hinted at, boring coming out with the most, so I just thought him. the commentary was just picking out a thinner, yeah. you know, just random shit. Jarrett con- uh, counters from the ropes with an arm drag over, then struts it again. We're going to see a lot of that, guys. Jarrett lies on the top rope and boasts how easy this all is. He then takes Morris down with a drop to a hold, does a stop walk on his back, and struts struts, struts yet again. Yep. But Morris is having none of it and almost decapitates him with, with a very vicious clothesline. I pop. I mean... I pop. Yeah, I can't lie. I fucking pop. <laughs> I fucking pop as well. It was just like, boom, out of fucking nowhere. It was justified. Yes, very much so. Morris rallies with a back elbow off the ropes, then a rolling clothesline in the corner before mocking the strut. At this point, Eric screams... Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Do you hear it? It's the fat lady singing. Then remarks, NWO, it's over. Because Morris having the upper hand in a match against someone you assume is affiliated with the NWO? Really? Mm-hmm. That's the NWO either that's the NWO over? I'm just saying it's a sad world where Hugh Morris sends the NWO, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I-, I liked Eric a lot better last week, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, I lost myself? Predictably, after that audible victory lap from uh, from Eric, Jarrett gets a comeback with a roundhouse kick, an atomic drop, a uh, drop, drop, and a clothesline. Eric only now fills in the gaps and says that he, the NWR have scouted Jarrett, though it doesn't provide any conclusive evidence to back that up. So you know, just I just think again, he's picking shit out of thin air. Mm. A swinging DDT, a uh, swinging DDT by Jarrett, and I'm giving it. A lot of fucking credit there calling it a swinging DDT. It's barely a fucking swinging DDT. It's what he tries to go for, but. I, I thought it was a net breaker. It was just really bad. Yeah, swinging there was a breaker. curve. There was a little spin to it, yeah, but it wasn't a much spin. Yeah, it it wasn't good. But it gets the two counts, as Eric keeps talking about a fat lady singing. Yeah. Uh, commentary, just absolutely fucking tedious. Yeah. Even Bobby cannot save this, I'm telling you now. A beautiful drop kick by Jarrett. I give that an 8. It was nice, yeah yeah I oh, was for a pin but Morris gets his foot on the rope the finish comes here after Morris hits a swinging power sum then slips on a banana peel and spins out of control for Jarrett to gain the advantage <laughs> <laughs> no Morris attempts a diving leg drop but Jarrett dodges it and applies a very bad figure for for the win via submission Uh, alright match but not great not brilliant not, I wouldn't even call it good no alright it was there yeah but way too much time wasting yep yeah. You know, too many struts. Yeah. I I, Honestly, you know, I was watching this match thinking, oh, I'm going to redownload Mario Kart Deluxe.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, other than fucking Hugh Morris delivering that clothesline, which everybody was fucking asking for, uh, this bored the fuck out of me. Uh, But then... Obviously on the news of and something we detailed in the last episode was that that Ric Flair was significantly injured in the tour of Japan. Um, so that there's every possibility that he'd be being taken off TV or working a reduced schedule or something like that for Jeff Jarrett to use the figure four, you start to think, well, hang on a minute, maybe, maybe, horseman. This, yeah, yeah. Because I, to be honest, Jeff Jarrett is kind of a fit for the horseman in my eyes. As long as he's not wearing that fucking god-awful attire. No, yeah, (laughs) Um, tell me about it. Stick a fucking 4 o'ishman shirt on him and he'll look half decent, you know. And to be honest, like you said, perfectly capable wrestler. In fact, I think I've said this before on the podcast itself, in a magazine, Sting said that he was the smoothest smoothest silk in the ring. Uh, And I don't think I've ever, I've seen a couple of of bits where Jeff Jarrett's been a bit iffy, but generally his matches are, are, are pretty fucking good. You know, yeah. in, in terms of safety and in terms of uh, um, selling and blah, blah,
1: blah, blah, blah whatever. Um, I, it's like when you said this match is boring. I, won't, I I call that a little bit harsh because the offense that he has, barring the swinging DDT slash netbreaker, it's it's not bad offense. No, it's not. But it, it's... There's it, nothing it's in it misman- creatively. That's my issue. Yeah. yeah, because a lot of it is off the ropes. Yeah. You know there's too much off the ropes into a move off the ropes into the move off the rope it's like somebody that can't play fucking uh we2k <laughs> so that everything's off the fucking ropes yeah. you know it, that works for cruiserweight matches it doesn't work for just standard wrestling matches like this yeah yeah unfortunately i'm finding a lot of this in AEW at the moment as well yeah. a lot of it is off the ropes i know it works a like the faster pace wrestlers but if Wardlow's doing it, there's a problem. If MGF is doing it, there's a problem. Fuck it up. If Chris Jericho is doing it, then there's a problem. Yeah. But I I I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but the way they go off the off the ropes, it's it's very unique. It's very unique, and it's onto their own because usually, as, as they do got they go off the ropes, is that one would go off the ropes and the other will be either standing in the middle of the, r- of the rink or they will run to the opposite side yeah whereas in aw someone goes off the r- uh, go- goes to r- uh, run off the rocks and their opponent always seems to follow them yeah but th- it's it's really weird that- it's interesting it kind of it's makes sense unique but exactly because it makes sense and it's on their own but because we're not used to it yeah you know, even TNA weren't doing this. With internet, you know, but the six-sided ring, with all the X Division matches out the wazoo, they weren't doing shit like that. Yeah. You know, they were they were going to the uh, the angled corner. That was their thing. Mm. You know, this is kind of like doing the same thing, but we out a six-sided ring. Yeah. You know, it's it it makes sense, and it's something that I I do like, but it it has taken a while for me to get used to. Now, if Jeff Jarrett were in that fucking ring, he'd have a bloody field day. You yeah. know, if he were in AEW, you'd be like, oh, I can go off the ropes. Like judging by this bloody match, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think my other issue as well is that straight away they come in and, and like you said, the the comments. Well, Bischoff primarily just straight away says, "Oh, he's part of the N.W.R." Like, you, you you're clutching at straws here to to give Jeff Jarrett something. In terms of a storyline, because he's coming here with nothing, he's completely vanilla and blasé, and, and he's just he, here for a match. But even even Hugh Morris, like he he's still in the he face, has, he's still in the fucking Dungeon
1: of Doom, and where's Jimmy Hart? Yeah, he, he he's just not in the Dungeon of Doom at this point for me. He's like he's got the Dungeon of Doom music, but Jimmy Hart doesn't hang around with him. He's not in the tag matches anymore. Yeah. He's just pretty much on his own, like. It just seems like he is separating away from the dungeon, Mm. but they're not really giving it any emphasis whatsoever, Mm. Mm. you know? And in terms of Jeff Jarrett, he has been signed for two months and you haven't got anything for him, Mm. other than, like, alluding to something that just isn't where you're going. Well, and outrightly saying, yeah, he's part of the NWO. Like, surely you can do better than that.
0: I think Jeff Jarrett only signed a couple of weeks, uh, in this timeline, only a couple of weeks before. Now, I know in the promo he says, I've been sat at home for two months, but I think that's because he, the WWE didn't have anything for him. I, don't, I, th- I think he only signed like a week or two weeks before. But still, just there's no point ah. throwing somebody on TV when you've nothing for them, because then you're just fucking getting them to hit the ground running and just hope for the best, you know what I mean? And the pair yeah. of them, the pair of the people in this fucking match aren't going anywhere now. So why, do I, why should I care?
1: Yeah. Okay, my correction, he's only been signed for a couple of weeks, but what I'm getting at is I'm pretty much... It's a safe assumption that he was, was talking to WCW two months ago. Oh, yeah, because that's Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was talking the moment he left WCW. Uh, maybe even before his contract was up. Jeff Jarrett, 99% chance he was talking to them. Months before his contract was up. And... So you would have been having in place what you are going to do with him. Yeah. And you've got no fucking idea. No. Like, why fucking bring him in? Why put him on TV just yet? Why not just sit, sit it out and, or, you know, and come up with something? Or you do the classic thing. Here's Jeff Jarrett. He's one of the biggest stars in wrestling today. He's, one, he, he's part of the rest of, uh, the Jarrett family. Yada, 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 yada. Just put him in the ring, have him uh, matches where he's winning, and, and then develop something from there. Not just put him out there and then say Duh, NWO. like it's just lazy. It's just lazy, and it just it, it also shows your hand that right now in WCW you have very little else going for you than the NWR storyline. Yeah, which isn't always a bad thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a primary if you focus, can,
1: yeah. you know, it is your primary focus, and it's not a bad thing to have that as your primary focus. It's not a bad thing if that is literally the only thing you've got going. If you can actually build around it, and you're not really building around it, you're trying to build inside it. We are actually building inside it. It just makes no fucking sense. No, it, it's just it's just lazy writing, and it does jar absolutely no fucking favours. No, it doesn't. And the other thing is as well, like, and, and we're, we're
0: fucking. I feel like I'm stating the obvious here, but it's it's something as obvious as the, 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 the commentary. And even Bischoff himself doesn't even fucking reference. Like, everybody knows he's come over from WWF. Everybody knows he's a WWF wrestler. So they've given him a match because he was formerly a WWF wrestler. That is it. Yeah. That is literally it. But they don't make any reference to it. I know you're not no. allowed to say certain things, but you are allowed to say he was formally contracted to the WWF. You are allowed to say that. But they don't even say that. So I, I don't know. It just pisses me off because this is wasted. This is, this is a spot wasted for something that, that could actually... Do something to promote fucking Halloween Havoc Or, or do something to promote a, a, a currently ongoing storyline Fuck me Give me give me fucking Kevin Sullivan and his fucking rap gimmick Or fucking whatever he's doing this week Just <laughs> something that has a little bit more fucking potency about it This just doesn't have anything at all And it, I suppose I, I'm getting on my fucking soapbox about it Because it's Jeff and Because I think he's overrated But I don't know Just That time could be best
1: served elsewhere Right. Here's so, something Put Dean Lenko out Against a mass wrestler, having tried and take the mask off another mass wrestler. Yeah, fucking Billy Kidman, and it's fucking build a fucking story El that you've already got the yeah the the ground you know the groundwork for. Yeah. You you established this last week, and you're not doing anything with it. This is a fucking problem. It's like you're not having any sort of guys. Yeah, you've got DDP and Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, you've got Iron and Lex. You've got you know Savage and the list, but that's. Really surrounding the end of is not really its own separate thing, mm. you know. You've got Ben Wall and the Steiners, yeah. You know, you've got all these little things that you know that are either stories of future to a story, but you're not putting any real emphasis on it, emphasis on them, no, no, and you, it, you're not trying at this point, you are all reliant on your top storyline. And doing very little else underneath, yeah, and expecting that to drive you through, thr- drive you through, and drive you across the finish line. This is where it's going wrong for the nwo at the moment. Yeah, you know, because at the end, it, it, it just like I've said it. It shows your hand. It really shows your hand. I mean, why was why was the last two episodes of Natural so poor? Last week it's because you were shoehorning in the segments with the end war talking a lot of bollocks that made no fucking sense. The week before you was having a bloody fucking wanking in the ring. You may as well have. You know, it it just
0: They're playing yeah, for he... time here because of the because of the, the the previous commitments to sending wrestlers over to Japan. They're playing for yeah. time. They're trying they're literally just fucking trying to drag a carcass to Halloween Havoc. But so I think at Halloween Havoc have... everything
1: changes. But you proved last week you have the superstars there, you may not have had the bigger stars, but you've had the superstars there, the wrestlers there, that you can make a very entertaining show from. Yeah. You've got got pretty much most of the fucking cruiserweights left behind. That's true. Use them. Yeah. Use them. I'm pretty sure Steven Regal's knocking about somewhere. Mm. Use him. He's a television champion and he hasn't been on TV for months. No
0: no that i mean that belt maybe maybe
1: about maybe on saturday night that's
0: it. that that belts relegated to saturday night isn't it? and to be but, fair, when you look at when you look at saturday night's cards from this from this era as well it is people like that that are wrestling but the thing is saturday night's ratings are significantly down uh, whereas Nitro's are significantly up um, and it's not necessarily because it's the re- because of the wrestling matches themselves um, it's the flagship show it's the one that's fucking promoted the most so obviously this is going to be the one that most most guys are going to be on so yeah you've got these wrestlers fucking just just whack them in there
1: just fucking it does it perplexes me but um, it's like it's like WWE deciding oh yeah we're going to fucking go to Saudi Arabia we're going to leave half the roster behind and we'll have an episode of Smackdown without the big names because holy shit they're on the way back from Saudi Arabia and you've got the likes of Ricochet and you've got the likes of I don't know AJ Styles maybe or Kevin Owens because he won't go to Saudi Arabia or all that you know, you've got them, and you like, yeah, we're not going to use them on SmackDown. Uh, mm. Yeah, out you go, fucking. Wait for people to come back from South. I'm, just, I'm just like, I can't even think of like T names on WWE's card anymore. You know, roster anymore because they're not fucking there anymore. Mm. You know, but it, you know, it. It's like instead of fucking using Kevin Owens or, or Ricochet or Ali or any anybody like that. It's like just saying, oh yeah, T-Bar, you're going to have a match against um, fucking just some random jobber from NXT that hasn't made their debut yet. Or just something like that. And having that on the card, it's like, it's it's doing nothing for nobody. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it, it just fucking it is bizarre. Um, the, the, obviously, there's the post-match interview as well, isn't there, with Shivani and Jarrett. Um, and Jarrett just goes in straight at the top and just starts talking about Hogan. And this is again. This is what I have alluded back to about his delusions of grandeur. Like he, he, he's fucking setting his sights, and as you said, going straight after Steve Austin. And yeah, maybe he was fucking promised a fucking uh, a feud with Steve Austin, or a couple of matches with Steve Austin to get the fucking rubber, whatever. But this is again. This is Jeff Jarrett 101 who will go straight in on Hogan. Uh, You've just wrestled Hugh Morris, mate. Like calm the fuck down. Right. Do you know what I mean? I didn't.
1: I didn't take it that way. No. And he's why? No. He's why? It's because the emphasis. Ever since the NWO began, it is on Hulk Hogan betraying the uh, the wrestling industry as a whole. He's betrayed the fans, he's betrayed his peers. You know, he, he was supposed to be the, the, the name and he he's turned his back. And everybody has been talking about him particularly before the NWO. The NWO is just his supporting base. They're talking about him from DDP to Eddie Guerrero to fucking, you know, Starbo Guerrero, to Willie Hoven to Guerrero, to Conan. They've all spoken about him. So I did not take it that way. Right. I just took this as a personal insult by, to Jeff Jarrett, you know, because Hogan is, he, is a hot topic and he's just like put some, some logic to it by saying like, you you talk about the wrestling industry has been, you know, is... It's something that you built, but you're shitting on the likes of uh, Vern Ganger, and you're shitting on the likes of Jerry Jarrett, my father. And you can say that you made, the, you know, you made these promoters money, but you weren't putting uh, food on my dad's table, and you weren't putting food on my table. So, you know, you and the world can stick it. To me, that is like. He's just doing what everybody else has done, but also saying, you know what, I'm not part of the fucking NWO. I don't want anything to do with the NWO. Yeah, yeah. That's how I took it. I didn't take it, took it like how you did.
0: Yeah, no, let, let, me, let me get this fucking straight out. I actually, I actually did dig this promo. Like when he yeah, I say, liked it. You never put food on my table. No, I was like, fucking hell, no, that's actually fucking good. Um, yeah. Obviously, but he uses the sting thing at the end. Um, which I think is a cheap thing to do, to be honest. Yes, but he's yeah, late. That, to, he's late to the party with this one. Like everybody's got their fucking hatred of Hogan out. Like when was the last but, time somebody actually said something about it? It was like three. But he's just arrived.
1: But he's just arrived. he's just arrived, and he's in the midst of the war. And you know, he's he. He's probably been, the way I look at it. He's like he's been sitting back and he's seen all this happen, and it's all skewing. So he's doing inside and he's coming and he's just let loose because he's fucking pissed off of what Hogan's done and he's pissed off at what NWR's done. Yeah. Maybe you are right, but I was taking it like, not from Jeff Jarrett fucking with his stories as a grandeur. I was taking it as, this is a storyline thing, you know, and he, he's just coming and he's letting his, his feelings be known that, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with Hulk Hogan, doesn't want anything to do with NWO, and this is why... You know, it probably would have been so better just saying, "I've been sitting watching you for months now." Yeah. You know, if he had said that, maybe he'll just pull it across the line towards what I'm leaning to.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's. I mean, maybe I haven't got the right mindset, and I'm looking up. I'm looking back in hindsight, you know, knowing what yeah, happened fucking he, he, in two thousand and everything like that. You know. Yeah, because he has reasons of grandeur. Yeah. I don't know, um, but yeah, what you are saying makes sense. It does make fucking sense. I think it's just mad. I think it's just my dislike for Jeff Jarrett. I yeah. honestly do think it's that. that and I think it's clouding my judgment.
1: Yeah, that can happen as well. Like, yeah. I, 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 I will be, I'll be brutally honest. Like I said, I don't really, really like Jeff Jarrett as a person. He's a, he's a fairly decent wrestler. He, he's a safe wrestler for the most part. And I've never really been think, uh, I've never really considered him a, a good promo. But this was a really good promo. Yeah. So I've also i'm also taking the elements to surprise and like wow you can actually do that and you're fucking resorting to weird fucking catch races like slap nuts or yeah. don't <laughs> pace, you know or what he was doing in we don't piss me off i mean that's a given don't piss anybody off yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um anyway we'll carry on uh next uh sorry during the ad break there's another nwo shirt ad um and then we're going to go into a singles match with Orin Anderson, who's accompanied to the ring by a woman, versus the Renegade. Uh, <laughs> the Renegade is more able than the Ultimate Warrior. I'm going to say this right now. Um, oh,
1: oh, yeah,
0: 100%, yeah. Like a backspring elbow, like out of fucking nowhere. I did not see this coming at all. Uh, that thought, was... Wow.
1: That, <laughs> yeah, that was decent. I um, like that.
0: I expected this to be a cruise for Iron, but after a fairly quick start and Renegade with a couple of high, high offence moves, Iron schools Renegade on mat wrestling holds in the works. Uh, the comms continue to talk about the NWO only. After all that work, Iron goes to the second rope for a splash and uh, Renegade gets the knees up. It's all Renegade now with plenty of clotheslines and a handspring back elbow from turnbuckle to turnbuckle. Out of nowhere, uh, Warrior could never. A second attempt <coughs> is made, but Iron gets the advantage. A sick-looking DDT and a win for Iron. Uh, the beatdown ensues on Renegade from both Woman and Arne. Uh and then out comes Lex Luger, uh, to save Renegade. Initially, I was I did put le- out outcomes Lex Luger just to twat Iron because he wasn't really saving Renegade, but then as they cut into a break, he does actually turn around to see if Renegade's alright, which yeah, okay. He, so he saved Renegade. Um it was a it won a good one, were it this 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 was slow and boring as well. Uh yeah. because Iron's using all the rest holds and and whatever else and I think you've detailed in the past that it probably is because he's he's close to having some sort of surgery and there's a couple of problems going on there but mm-hmm.
1: um, like, like i i did say that i wasn't really overly impressed with his singles uh abilities and yeah. then he's fucking he's turned it out quite easily as well but he's also been in the ring with the likes of chris jericho yeah. now if you're having a bad match with chris jericho then there's a fucking problem even at this early stage in uh, jericho's career if you're having a bad match with him there's a fucking issue yeah and yeah i'm not saying that jericho carried him to the a good match I'm just saying they work well together hmm. because he got as much in as what Jericho did, maybe even a little bit more, you know. So, I I have been eating my hats bit by bit. Let's <laughs> apologise. I keep burping now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, next up's uh, another singles match: Lex Luger versus Squire David Taylor of all people. Uh, well, that's Jeeves gone then. Uppercut from Taylor as they come out <laughs> claiming he's he's a what he what did he call him? Just do the accent, please, do do the accent.
1: Oh god, I I can't even do do the accent. You know. It just I just seems to can't even do the accent. It just, you know, uh for some reason I keep getting woody uh woody in the head and not fucking Dave Taylor. He's, that, that's that's how much of an effect he's had on me that I just can't even remember his accent. <laughs> but he just calls him a stupid little person. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he's a stupid little person. <laughs> That's a better accent than what I was thinking <laughs> of. <you
0: know? laughs> it seems video packages during matches are a thing now. Uh, Lex was interviewed earlier on and they're going to play that yeah. uh, during this as well, so we split screen for the fucking video interviews as well. Uh, it's quite a rapid promo, with the first bit uh, being about Taylor. Um, it kind of bypassed me completely, to be perfectly honest. So I'm zoning and zoning out at this point. Um, yes. While the second one's all about Arne, because uh, he's facing off with Arne at Havoc. Uh, as we come back, Bischoff says he was surprised... Uh, as he expected, the two things for Lex to be saying in that video package being left peck, right peck. Uh, <laughs> not a great match from these two, uh, but we got a video and a stupid little person out of it. So that's didn't even detail it, any fucking moves. <laughs> that's a fucking bad yeah, way. Yeah,
1: yeah, it, it's just a squash. Yeah,
0: Torture rack wins it. Um,
1: See, for me, like I, I will also say, you know what, a somewhat fun little squash because it it's actually good just doing his stuff, you know. But I enjoy watching him just fly around the ring. Yeah, just in general, just flying around the ring with his fucking clotheslines. Like, <laughs> I get joy out of that, and I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's because it's just watching a guy trying to wrestle <laughs> while screaming. It's yeah, yeah. It, yeah. That I get the fun, and obviously the, the torch rack. I said it before, and I'll say it again: the most over, uh, well, the, the most overmoving WCW right now. Yeah, because every time he puts it in, the crowd's on their fucking feet. Yeah. Yep. On Anderson's DDT, is becoming, becoming a close second though because yeah. two weeks running, he has fucking absolutely planted his opponents. I mean, I don't think you really caught uh, picked up on that how snappy that fucking DDT was on the Renegade. Right, mm. like, you're halfway up, boom, gone. <laughs> you know, he is. He, he's really putting a lot of salt and pepper on that right now. Yeah. So yeah, that was a close second. Maybe the Diamond Cutter is like equal second to be honest with you. But yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking I of Iron, Nothing more. No. <laughs> speaking of Iron, he's... Uh, as Lex is shaking hands with the fans and everything like that, Iron is out and absolutely leathers, like, paggers Lex with a chair. Um, proper wallops in with it. The sound effects from it are fucking awesome. Um, and Lex is selling hard on the floor. Uh, and... Oh, it's, uh, we're, we're,
1: it's main event time. Fucking hell. <laughs> I, just this re- today. I don't know why this fucking... Re- uh, this... This came to me, I, I haven't even put this down, I haven't written this down at all, but it's just like, it's just dawned on me this. That was as a rebuttal for um, Luger making the save in the Renegade match, right? Yeah. Luger came out to save the Renegade, we have to break... He's gone to the back and then he comes back out. Yeah. <laughs> you may as well just wait in the ring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you may as well just have the jobber entrance at that point. Right? <laughs> jobber I'll
0: entrance. Booker T and Stevie Ray had the same thing right at the beginning of the programme. Like, they got no entrance at
1: all. Steve Public Ray. Enemy got an entrance. <laughs> yeah, Stevie Ray's a fucking jobber anyway, but. <laughs> He's a tag champion now, mate. They're not to a shit. He's a fucking live one jobber. But, um... <laughs> yeah, it just. I I just don't get that, like, it just makes Lex look a bit fucking dumb, like, go back, just go back, I'm just imagining just go, just going through the entrance, just turning away like fucking Abe Simpson, Yeah. you know, the fucking classic thing, (laughs) and then back out.
0: Yeah. Mm. Oh well, uh, uh, I think this one's yours as well, isn't it? The main event. It it's, is, yeah. It's your yes. first main event of the Nitrogen nice
1: Podcast. <laughs> yeah, about fucking time. Hey, you're doing the job tonight, brother.
0: <laughs> I feel like we should get Michael Buffer into when I was there. Yeah, I
1: put, I put my, I've used my creative control card. <laughs> that doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah, it's about fucking time. This does work for me, brother. <laughs> God, I, I hope I can fucking carry the bloody podcast on my shoulders here while you just fucking sit back and relax. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So we get. Chris Benoit versus Rick Steiner rematch on last week which I said was a decent match of what it was we just didn't get enough time for it and we're being treated and this match is a fucking scorcher I I really love this match so Rick is with Scott who is dressed like the cop from the Village People like it's a weird look for Scott Steiner here like if he had um, if he had Rick's handlebar moustache he's literally the cop from the Village People (laughs) <laughs> just an awful fucking looks. I don't know why he's wearing the why he's wearing that at all. But anyway, fucking is it my job just to critique how people dress on this, on this fucking podcast, dude?
0: Why not? Like because it's it's one of those things that that is. I, I was having a
1: go. I was having a go at to fucking Tony Schiavone a few weeks ago. Like, yeah, just, maybe not
0: Tony Schiavone. I mean the wrestlers they need to look the part don't they but Tony Schiavone, he doesn't spend much time on camera so yeah you yeah. might cross a the line there maybe <laughs> I don't know everybody bullies him about his fucking 96 dress sense so don't worry about it <laughs>
1: oh yeah the fucking oversized suits that basket at the beach anyway Ben will go straight on the offensive as we start Rick braces a leapfrogging to a sickening power summon I mean, I think that happened last week as well. Just really annoying looking. Rick slows the pace and grounds Benoit before hitting a belly to belly, then a sweet release German suplex for a two count. Mm. We go to a break, and as we come back, the two are just absolutely pounding and wailing on each other. It just feels like a real fight. This is why I love this match so much. Because yeah. they just, they, they leave nothing. They leave absolutely nothing behind. Yeah. Eric says he's not having Nick Patrick in the net brace. but you know what? I'm not either. So, we're, well, at least we're on the same fucking thought process here. We cut from this fun action as a limo with an NWO registration plate pulls in and Hogan and Giant get out. They have a little conversation and I did not pick up anything what they said. I had the captions on and it just didn't come up with anything. I'm you surprised know, you
0: said so. NWO because the fucking license, they ran out of space on the license plate and it said NWC. Yeah, it did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah Benoit hits a swift sweeping power slam, then a side ple- uh, suplex for two there's a chin lock which slows the pace for a little and breaks the floor of the match which I would say in a good way not a bad way because it's all fast based action you need these little bits of break just to let it all level out you know it's not bad there's a flying forearm on from Rick which uh, drives the intensity right back up but Benoit quickly gets the other hand with a scoot slam knocking what Heenan calls his ears off As Benoit heads upstairs for Air Canada for two. By the way, when he said he's ears off, it's actually his uh, fucking weird with the uh, headgear. Yeah, he's earmuffs. Yeah, yeah, he's earmuffs. You know, keeping his ears warm. Yeah, bless him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, Before I continue with this, I've actually just remembered something. Do you actually give a uh, Brom Baker? Uh, Brick Baker? Brom Baker? Brom Baker. <laughs> yeah. Brick Baker and Brom <laughs> Strowman. I don't fucking. Oh, know. Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> Brom Breaker a new nickname and I see, It's Big Bad Booty Nephew. Really? Yes. Is that official? Johnny Gargano called it him and now that's what fucking, the fucking U's they're using. Wow. So, yeah. Weird. Weird. <laughs> Just fucking call him uh, bloody Brom Steiner or whatever he would fucking call. Just call him Steiner. It's just so on the nose at this point. I don't even
0: know why they're saying Big Bag Booty when that was Scott's shtick. It wasn't Rick's.
1: Yeah, Big Bad Booty Nephew. Yeah. Yeah, really weird. Alabama. I, suppo- I, suppo- I, I, I really suppose the um uh, the other one that they use what uh, what not what they use but what somebody else had called him, I can't remember who got him just saying that the uh puppy face grumbling I mean you can't really call him that mm. so anyways it's a bit um
0: not demasculinised, nice is it really puppy face I no, suppose it's, just, it's childish isn't it a little yeah, bit. yeah, exactly the guy's a fully grown fucking man, and he's probably bigger than his fucking dad to be fair, yeah,
1: yeah. Anyway, Benmore goes back up top but lands straight into a release belly-to-belly suplex, DDT for two, then a power slam and a top row bulldog for another two. Rick goes for a clothesline in the corner but Benmore gets a foot up and both attempt to larry up for a classic double down. Deborah distracts Patrick as Mongo <laughs> <for fuck's sake. laughs> This is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Mongo attempts to hit Scott with a briefcase but Rick gets up and grabs it just in time and wallops Mongo with it. <laughs>
0: Cell is just so funny
1: Yeah Mongo uh, He gets (laughs) absolutely dead
0: I can't even (laughs) It's because I can see it Over and over in my head (laughs) Fucking all
1: I'm into you Fucking thinking about it Yeah Just in case anybody Was
0: wondering That will be on the Instagram That will be on the Social promotion For this episode fucking hilarious just fucking it's hilarious it's it really Steve is. Mongo Michael 101 this it fucking yes. really is
1: right right I'm gonna try and describe this some way <laughs> somehow I'm gonna try and compose myself and describe this so as he goes to deck Scott Rick gets up grabs the briefcase over the rope and just fucking plants it on his head like complete wolf and he wobbles <laughs> <laughs> his arms are up He's actually anticipating... This is the worst thing about it. It's like the best and worst thing about it is the fact that he's anticipating it <laughs> in bucket on the camera, face to the camera. <laughs> yeah. So you can tell he's anticipating it. His arms are up, like, come on, do it. <laughs> Boom! Gets fucking walt with the briefcase. He fucking wobbles, like, three times, and then collapses. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's actually staring dead on at the camera as he does it. Yeah. And the way he collapses as well, is kind of like he has a little bit of a tilt to him <laughs> as he collapses. It's like fucking if Del Boy went through the bar, but actually tripped up on the way down. It was just so fucking funny. Oh, God. Like, it oh, is God. one of the best cells I have ever seen. <laughs> just because of how comically brilliant it is. Oh, God. It it's is brilliant. Fantastic. Oh, man. Yeah, we will get that on social media. Yeah, totally. it, Just so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I'm just trying to think of a good analogy. What You know when you get something in the grey area of the back of your brain and you can't really like, pick it apart, pick it out and put it into words? I'm yeah. kind of like that. Yeah. Kind of like...
0: Seen to be believed. It, has, it It's just yeah. one of those things. It is fucking hilarious. And it's not. I you don't know, know why. It it, it, it it just because it's so.
1: I don't know. Do you know those bloody uh, like those uh, inflatable bloody uh, standy things that you punch and it just bounces back up? <laughs> yeah. Well, imagine one of them, but it was like only a quarter full of air. Like it was, it was deflating. It it was very deflating. When you punch, when you just whacked it, it's kind of like that, just a little wobble and gone. Yeah. Or one of them um, inflatable fucking tube men that you see outside of car washes. Yeah. You know, imagine that. It's just... That is probably the best description because the arms are up with them as well, aren't they? They're always yeah. up. They're always up waving in the air. So imagine one of them just being deflated really quickly. It's like... Oh. <sighs> <sighs> pretty much like that. <laughs> Absolutely fucking brilliant. So the briefcase
0: shot deflated Steve Bongo but Michael off, off, <laughs> off the frame of the camera. <laughs> Because the camera doesn't even pan down. He just he just no. falls off the camera edge. That's like. it. That's it. It's God, just... it's good shit, man. Fuck me. Good shit, pal.
1: God. God yeah. love you, Mongo. God mm-hmm. love you. And then, behind the referee's back, Rick plants Benoit with a briefcase. Behind the... Uh, behind the rest back, I've already said that, and gets a win. Right, well... I, I've got to say, that match fucking ruled.
0: It was it was good. Uh, and yeah, this is probably match of the night, to be fair, going just, back to what we were saying. Oh, 100%. Um, just everything I love say, about wrestling in a neat little package. When Rick hits Benoit over the head with the briefcase, Nick Patrick turns around and Rick slides the briefcase out of the ring but slides it directly past Nick Patrick's feet. <laughs> and Nick Patrick just yeah. watches this briefcase <laughs> from Rick Steiner's hand leave the ring and kind of just shrugs his shoulders... Gets down on the mat, holds his neck, and counts the pinfall.
1: And <laughs> quite slow, in my ad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that wasn't the best. Uh, the best way of um, eradicating the evidence, there, Ricky Steiner. But hey ho. It's it. Patrick. You don't give a fuck. Like, nah, he's okay. like... It, it, he won't see that. Yeah. Oh. well, fucking what a laugh! But fuck it, we're yeah. a laugh for most what... of this match. It was just fucking what... intense. Yeah,
1: very intense match. What a great match. What a great seller from Mongo. Just uh yeah, like I said, everything I love about wrestling. If you if you added a moonsault in this, it would have been perfect.
0: But yeah, five stars, yeah. Um, yeah. We do say that we've given you the uh given you the main event, but we've got one more match, haven't we? It's Macho Man versus Ric Flair for the US uh, title. Uh but it doesn't. Yeah. So this fucking TV show didn't really have a main event. Um We cut to the back uh, during Ric Flair's music. Obviously, the Macho Man's already come out. Uh, And it's the Nasty Boys and Hogan who are walking down uh, uh, a fucking hallway discussing, well, Hogan wants the Nasties to have his back, basically, because he needs to go out there and have a word with Macho, mano a mano. Um, And DBS is flaunting the, uh, yep, here's the NWO paperwork for you. So we're teasing that the Nasty Boys, if they'll be the good little boys... Uh, and the lackeys for Hogan, and do, as he says, for these couple of favours that he's after, that they'll be getting an NWO contract. Hogan then goes uh, round the corner, the Nasties and DiBiase go back to wherever they were going back to. Uh, Hogan sneakily looks back, and then does a little chuckle to himself, rubbing his hands together. Uh, We cut to the ring with No Nature Boy coming out. His theme's been going on for quite a while. Uh, We end up going backstage again, and this time it's the whole of the NWO assaulting Fleur, uh, and just robbing off with his uh, US title is robbing off a thing like anywhere else internationally, or is that just a is that just a British thing? Or that, that seems one? like a British vernacular it, to it me. It does. Yeah, <laughs> there hasn't been many today, so we'll 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 leave that one in.
1: <laughs> yeah, I also like this beatdown because it's very gritty. Because it it's is. like a it, it is part of the arena. It's actually quite near to the the entrance ramp, but it looks like a warehouse. And they're beating him down with Led Pike. Uh, lead Pike? lead Pike. It looks like something out of Sons of Anarchy. It looks like a biker gang attack. Hmm. Mm. Like, you know, I, so for that, I really enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: Not overly polished either, because you can see all the cables on the floor for the TV. No, that's it. And stuff like that. Exactly. So it, it gives it a real you, feel, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, you kind of expect, and end to do it in an un, uh, unpolished way.
0: Yeah. Um, Virgil, fucking Vincent, whatever you want to fucking call him, he, he sort of grabs the microphone, doesn't he? And, uh, initially, he's like... Get that camera out of here, get that camera out of And then he's like, "Oh, you want to see what is happening? Oh, yeah. Just, why? Why? What are you doing? Just let the cameraman do his fucking job, bro. Um, Giant then stalks Liz. Giant's got all of the US title as well. Uh, stalks Liz all the way to the entranceway. Uh, and then as we get to, the, uh, get to the commentary booth from behind the curtain, uh, Macho comes steaming in to defend Liz with a chair. Uh, But just as it looks like Macho's going to get a shot on the Giant, Hogan is out of nowhere to cheap-shot Macho from behind. Uh, Hogan gives the old snake eyes to Macho on the guardrail and then puts the chair across the throat of the Macho Man as Liz attempts to get Hogan off of him. Uh, They then bully Liz again, with Hogan saying that he owns her uh, as Giant picks up Macho Man and takes him down to the ring. In what can only be described as the hurriest moment of this entire Nitro, the steps tilt as the Giant attempts to walk up them with the Macho Man on his shoulder, causing the Giant to fall one way and let Macho go the other. Thankfully, neither will be injured, but maybe a couple of scrapes to Macho Man particularly, as Macho hit the side of the steps and slid down them. Uh, But then as the Giant throws the steps away, blaming them, like getting angry at the steps, you fucking dick, um, he gorilla presses Macho to throw him into the ring, And basically snaps his fucking neck on the fucking, on the top rope. So the body goes in, but the throat sort of gets caught on the fucking top rope as he's uh, throwing him into the ring. Uh, Just fucking
1: Paul White just not doing himself any favours here whatsoever. And when he actually throws him in the ring, he's pissed off because of the the steps and all that. He's noticeably rattled.
0: Yeah, he is. So it it doesn't help. No.
1: Um...
0: Giant then assaults Macho in the ring as Hogan makes Liz watch this dismantling. Uh, there's a big cho- choke slam about to be driven down, but Hogan puts a stop to it mid-air. Cheap-shotting Macho as uh, Giant puts him back down and holds him in place. Giant then holds Liz as Hogan assaults Macho now in the corner with the crowd on their feet, as Heenan points out. Hogan, there's no, there's no cheering either. Fucking everybody's just fucking glued to this at this point. Uh, Hogan with a leg drop over the back of Macho's neck and head while Giant holds Liz's face in position to see it all again. His his fucking hand is as big as fucking Liz's head. Like, fucking huge. Uh, Somebody gets a bloody excellent shot on Hogan with a box of Slim Jims as he's down-talking smack to Macho's lifeless body. Uh, Hogan then proceeds to deliver one more leg drop and then paints the black mark around the Macho's body as if it was a crime scene. One more leg drop as Hogan graffitis the mat with the NWO for life. Sinks, fucking whatever. Uh, one more leg drop, and here come the rest of the NWO As Hogan grabs the microphone, he says, "Within the power vested in him, the dissolution of Liz and macho is done." Uh, and Hogan turns this up. This is this is got. This has got to be this is next level Hogan. This for me, right? This just no Hulk Hogan left, as far as I'm concerned. When he says that he owns Liz's body, right? You can say whatever you want after that. He says he saw. So, he says I own your soul. I own your heart. But when he says I own your body, like he really sexualized that, and I thought, holy fuck, this is like heel Hollywood Hogan.
1: He, he has completely gone. Yes, no. this is gone. next
0: level shit. Uh, and at the end of saying well, because oh, he just says, it, ooh, yeah, yeah, it's just did, to put the point on the dot.
1: Yeah, what you're saying is absolutely true. It's also an allusion to all the rumors. Because one, one thing that was uh, being bounced around back in the 80s, and I think Savage is probably one of those people that uh, had spread it around. Or, well, I don't think he spread it around. I think somebody else has spread it around, but I can't remember who it were. I've heard I the story. He, be- he definitely believed it, though. But he believed it. Yeah, uh, but yeah the, the rumor was that uh, Hogan and Liz had an affair. Yeah. Well, if that he's not outrightly saying you know, that they did that. But he's alluding to it. Yeah, yeah. He's alluding to it. because anything beforehand wasn't sexualized. with is there was no like interest rate like that. This is just coming out of nowhere. It's coming out of thin air. Yeah. And oh, Jesus! It's just so evil. Yeah, it's, it's so is. fucking evil. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, that's uh, the. That's the. It's the ultimate thing that just to say that I own your body, like owning a heart, it could be like. I, that's kind of devilish in it and on in the soul that's kind of devilish as well like fucking religious if you like but to say that i own your body it's just so fucking yeah i, I weren't expecting him to say it like and i sat up like and i was like holy fuck he's just t- he turned this up to 11 he really has yeah um, this just next level hollywood hug and shit uh yeah we're fucking brutal really really brutal but this takes me back again to what we were saying last week about um the hope that Liz is involved in in this process, and that like she she's kind of aware that that certain things are going to be said and certain things are going to be done and that she's okay with it. She Otherwise, actually fucking
1: socks off in this, by the way, as well. Yeah. So she, she actually yeah. believe she's believable. She looks horrified throughout yeah. all this. So like she's even the way she's trying to cower, it, it's like it just looks so real. It looks like it's genuinely disturbing her. Now I really hope that it's not that. I I just thought that she's just playing up to it and is doing a really fucking good job of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, me too. Because basically, one thing I was saying last week, where you know, I never ever thought that she was a part of the when I feel like they were they were using her. They were using her as like a pawn. Mm. But she always looked horrified. She always looked like she. You could you could tell that she wasn't enjoying what she were doing. Yeah. At all. At all. That I I I would never take that as acting. I never once looked at that as acting. I w that is this is a person that has been told you have to do this and she's just going along with it and not enjoying her work. Mm-hmm. This this just seems like it's not the same. Just it just generally like that she is playing up to what Hogan's doing and doing a fucking good job of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think this, from from, from earlier on when Macho was really milking things with the fucking NASCAR thing, um, and uh, to be fair, I can't criticise Hogan at all in this episode, like even with the limo spots and whatever, he, he just it, Oh, the cat's fucking rubbing herself on the microphone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't criticise him at all. Uh, and as you said, Liz as well. Normally the, the, the criticism with Liz is that she's really wooden but in this episode I don't think she is that wooden she's very um, like I said very concerned and obviously she wants wants to have that conversation with Matt Shaw to explain what, what's happening and blah 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 Um but yeah I think it's just I think it's a top notch fucking performance from all three of them it really yes yeah. yeah. Giant let the side down a little bit we his fucking stupidity but <laughs> hey ho what, what can you say Um Hogan then does say that he's gonna dest- uh, the NWO is gonna destroy the commentary desk as we close off Nitro, uh, and then out of nowhere a huge NWO monster truck comes out with six hanging out the window, teeing up that they're gonna take the comms desk out as we fade out. But we don't. <laughs> okay. We just keep revving up and revving up and revving up, and you kind of think that stationary camera is there just to be destroyed, and that they're gonna run over the entire thing. But they yeah. Don't. They just go <laughs> Which I'm, I'm a bit gutted about To be honest It would have been Fucking 7th more Even the categories So there you go <laughs> uh, <laughs> 3.5 to Rose 2.1 uh, That's the, the, the rating And um, Obviously I'm going to have to Ask you what, what you felt
1: Well oh, It's a it's a show of two hours Isn't it Rose, mm, um, yeah. I'll say a much better show this week um, The first hour was on par With the previous week's shows um, match quality is still poor but it was saved by a couple of decent squash matches and and the quite frankly awesome main event Yeah. Uh, one thing was, as I've been saying about the Walk, less is more and this week's show is testament to that because it flowed a lot better without the you know the numerous paid announcements and all yeah. the jungle, uh, jungle we don't actually get a proper paid announcement this week, we get an advert for the t-shirt which we get every week there's yeah. no fucking bullshit and, and whatever you going on backstage, which I, I actually appreciate a little bit. You know, you could do the promos every other week if they're not really going to be doing much on the show otherwise. Uh, so I kind of liked that they did that. Um, and I'll say as much as I enjoyed the closing segment, it did drag on a bit too long for my liking. Hmm. But I suppose they can afford to be a little self-indulgent considering their lack of airtime. Hmm. You know, I think they can they can do it. I think for me, like the they could have just gotten away with just doing two, maybe three, like drops rather than four, um, just to take it down just a little bit, just to, just to take thirty seconds off it. it yeah. Not much, but it just. Probably wouldn't have felt like it dragged out a little bit,
0: but. No, that's it. It's, it's, a, it's only seconds in it for it to drag too much. And yeah. 30 seconds would. It would uh, it would eliminate quite a bit of, oh, well, you know, it's getting repetitive now, sort of thing. Yeah, um, you know. But I think be... again, I think if that monster truck takes out that fucking commentary desk, like, you forget all of that. And you yeah, God. What a fuck.
1: What a way to end it. Yeah, they should have done that. And the lack of support from the rest of the locker room is a major oversight as well, because absolutely nobody comes out to try and help Savage at yeah. all.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I don't know what the fuck that's about. If they're setting up for something, then great, you know, I, I, I'm all for it, but there has to be a reason why hmm. they didn't help Savage, and at this moment in time, what would that reason be? Is it because he's gone a little bit too damn crazy? Well, my I ask the question, wouldn't you want him on your side? Hmm. Maybe unpredictable, but you know where his fucking heart is, you know where his allegiance lies, it's all WCW, baby. I know that's gonna age so fucking poorly, <laughs> you know, but he's at this moment in time, he's all WCW, even if he's a little bit unpredictable, he's on your side. Yeah, and
0: he's the best shot so, you've got.
1: Yeah, he, 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 they're looking for a leader, he's a leader. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they're going. Under, uh, go, I don't know where they're going with that. We'll find out, I suppose. But what I will say is, after that, I really fucking want Savage to kick Hogan's ass. <laughs> you know, I really do. And yeah, totally. that is the that that just really un- underscores what they did tonight. It made me enjoy the N.W.O. less, but also enjoy them more at the same time. As a, as a wrestling fan, you know, just watching it. Knowing what was, what was, knowing that it's it's predetermined, yada yada yada, you know, and enjoying heels enjoying faces for the effort and the work that they do and what have you and all that shit. I enjoyed it for that. I didn't enjoy it in the t- case case of they, they've gone too far now. Yeah, I, I am that and that little bit. i little boy. that's like you go get him, savage. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Fucking hell sounding like that arsehole out with a jingle all the way then. <laughs> Your favourite uh, come on. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, uh yeah. Job well done.
0: Cool stuff. Um roll results Smart Murrow defeating fake diesel via disqualification. <laughs> the the smoking guns, Bart and Billy defeating um the new rockers, Marty Gennetti and Leif Cassidy. The Sultan defeating Aldo Montoya and Saco Sid defeating Gold Dust with Marlena didn't detail any uh, segments or anything like that in that one this week, I'm afraid. Sorry, guys. Um, Who cares? <laughs> quick rundown of, of Dave Meltzer's fucking... Bullshit. Hit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no idea where Bret Hart's going to end up. Uh, Vince is offering him a million. WCW is offering him three. Uh, he's 39 years old, arguably, arguably at the latest stages of his
1: Jesus! Career. I didn't realise he was that old at this I time. I didn't either. Yeah, it thought, I, to me. I thought... Early to mid-30s. Then yeah. again, he has been around since the the, uh, the mid-80s, so yeah. Yeah. it kind of does make sense, but yeah, I didn't think he was 39. And God said, he doesn't fucking want 39 here. year. No, he doesn't. No, looks good. Um, oh, he was fucking great for his age.
0: Oh, that shagging Bre- he was
1: doing. Bret Hart was a hunk. Oh, totally. Absolutely. It, it was a stone-cold hunk. Yeah. Um, Dave sorry, not, sorry, that's uh, a gimmick infringement. He was a hitman hunk. <laughs> sorry, Austin. Don't come after me.
0: Uh, Dave speculates that he'll probably go with the WCW money because of the uh, the twilight of his career at 39 <laughs> years old uh, yeah good on you not, Dave yeah not yet mate uh, he was recently in Los Angeles doing voiceovers for an episode of The Simpsons which is a fucking good episode that uh, yeah
1: and and it was a very last minute thing as well because he, he oh yeah yeah because at the time Brat Hart wasn't actually meant to be in the show it was just meant to be a generic wrestler hmm that's why he doesn't do the Bret Hart voice. Right, I see. Yeah, that's why he, he puts on a, a wrestler voice, you know, this place smells of old man stink. You know, that's not Bret Hart. Bret Hart doesn't have that charisma. No, he doesn't. You know? <laughs> it, uh, it, it, Bret Hart is more, this place smells like old man stink. If he did that voice, you know, it doesn't hit the same, does it? No, you know. But, but But, yeah, it, it, they actually did all the artwork afterwards, and, yeah, uh, that's the story of Bret Hart in... The Simpsons, Love
0: but yeah, it. fucking good episode Yeah, um, the, Just tying into that actually uh, Dave speculates as well and he, he's right to be fair um, that if the right acting job comes along uh, he would be happy to turn his back on wrestling entirely and go into acting, uh, which I think Brett said a, a good number of times um, Rick Fleur is expected to be out for the rest of the year due to a torn rotary cuff That Oh, re- that's require, a required nasty surgery. injury mm. That's a nasty injury that Fleur will turn 48 while he's out recovering, and after a 24-year career where his body has taken a beating every single night, it's expected that he will be uh, need to be protected in the future if he wants to continue wrestling. It's expected he'll be given a Hogan-type schedule when he returns. Uh, only working major shows will probably be more of a manager for the Horseman. Shoot, <laughs> you got that one wrong. Um, oh, the plan is for Jeff Jarrett to take his place in the Horseman when he joins the company. Well, that didn't happen either, did it? <laughs> uh, well, he's it, not, it, not going to take rick Flo's place is he no like he could join the four horsemen because there's been right. times when there's been five horsemen
1: see seriously dave you think anybody can take fucking rick Flair's uh rick Flo's place in the horseman no there's only one person that could ever take rick Flair's place in the horseman should they do another iteration of it and that's his own fucking daughter
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah that because nobody else can nobody yeah. comes fucking close
0: I do hope that happens as well. I know that it's like a it's like a hypothetical thing in it and they do talk about it. It's kind of like what well, it's like bullet club in it really. Bullet clubs like this fucking big group of people who are in multiple different organizations or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, the four the four horsewomen. They talk about it in that sense, but I don't think it's actually ever been a stable. No. Yeah. I'd love for it to happen though. I'd be fucking ace. Um Obviously, Dave goes into talking about the NWO storyline as being the, the the most talked about angle in years, and many people credit for it, credit it for being what has finally put WCW ahead of the WWF as an award promotion in the United States. Uh, but he looks into the numbers and says that things aren't quite as they seem. He says after several months, uh, the NWO... Um, sorry, for, he's looked at several months before the N.W.R. and several months after the NWO uh, started. Pre-NWO, W.C.W. actually averaged better crowds at house shows, three and a half thousand, uh, whereas it's three thousand now, so it actually comes to actually drawing paying crowds to come to see shows, what? When it comes to actually drawing paying crowds to see shows, the NWO angle actually hasn't done anything in that regard, Uh, and in fact there's a slight decrease, Uh, it puts that down to Hogan not wrestling on the house shows, but also the world title not being defended on house shows uh, because they've taken the, the world title out of the house shows completely while Monday Nitro's ratings are up, with an average of 2.23, which I think I think that's wrong, I think it's higher than that now, um, it's actually more impressive than it seems. Uh, ratings go, usually go down in the summer, uh, and the fact that they keep going up is actually really impressive and seems to correlate right from the moment that Scott Hall debuted. So yes, the NWO is definitely drawing TV viewers. Uh, but it goes on about pay per view buy rates only being up slightly, uh, and that Holland Nash's salary is sixty thousand dollars per month, whilst they're only making an extra forty eight thousand dollars a month. So take that for what you will. Basically, oh, he's basically saying that, that WCW are losing money to try uh, and get TV ratings, but it's not an overnight thing, is it? Like I don't get why Dave thinks that from June to October things are going to turn around so quickly, and that people are just going to, you're going to quadruple your fucking pay per view buy rates. It doesn't no. work like that. You build no. it a storyline.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like you've still got to garner interest in fans and they're slowly but surely doing that, but you've yeah. also got to garner interest in the sponsors and you have to compete with WWE for the likes of Snickers or in, uh, uh, GTX Motor Royal or whatever it's called or fucking Wuggs yeah. uh, Boots or whatever. You know it, that They're not going to fucking get those sponsorships yet. Or those endorsements, right? Like that, they're not going to do that. It's simple as simple as AEW yeah. can't even do that now. Yeah, yeah. It's yep. just... as, as we said, there is just full of shit.
0: Yeah, he's he's tried to talk about things that he doesn't really know much about.
1: Isn't um, is realistic? You don't even need to know much about fucking sponsorship and all, or or or, or fan investment, really, to to understand that. Yeah, very so, basic, just,
0: very layman's. Yeah, yeah.
1: Use your fucking
0: noggin The other thing I'd, I'd, I'd add to that as well Is between Bash at the Beach and uh, Halloween Havoc There's no like AAA WCW pay per view there You know one that they actually fucking really focus on We've had fucking Hog Wild, Which was a racist mess We've yes. had uh, What else have we had Fucking they, Oh we've had a Clash of the Champions but obviously that's a TV thing um, What was the other pay per view In fact there's this there should be three more, shouldn't they? Yeah, we've covered correctly. all these. Fuck me.
1: <laughs> we had four brawl last month.
0: Okay, four brawl. So f four brawl with it being war games, it's probably up there, but it's certainly not um it's certainly not fucking A level fucking bash at the beach slash fucking Halloween havoc slash Starcade, is it? Um It's not slambery. Hogwild, as we said. Oh, uh World War Three? Or is that coming round? Oh, I, I think, think that might coming be coming round. Yeah.
1: Jesus oh, Christ! Man. That fucking. We
0: did the Great American Bash, but that was before Bash at the Beach.
1: Yes. I am at a fucking loss.
0: So am I. Fucking hell, fire. I think we've just got caught in brain
1: When you when you do so many podcasts, you forget a lot of shit.
0: Sometimes they're just really forgettable. Four brawl ninety six. Uh, Clash of the Champions Hogwild yeah that's all we've done for Bash uh, so they, they, they mustn't be on 12 pay-per-views yet they must still be on like fucking 9 or whatever it is um,
1: oh, no fucking wonder I can't think of them
0: it's your fault and no <laughs> and no wonder and Dave's like oh yeah your pay-per-views should be going further up and they've only done 2 pay-per-views since Hogan turned heel you fucking moron Jesus Christ get a fucking grit Um. Anyway, the Sandman thing that I, I said earlier on, so Ravens been stripped of the title, Sandman's now the ECW champion. Uh, Bam Bam Bigel's gone over to um, Japan for a shoot fight, who he, he claims he got paid $100,000 to do. Wow, Jeez. God, fucking hell, that's not too bad, is it? Um, WBF plan to do a live Saturday night TV show with more adult themes. Um, they don't know when it's going to be on or when it's going to start, but they're on about doing it. Uh, there's I'm, issues between I I'm going to say,
1: I think that might be Shotgun Saturday Night. Could be. Uh, I think at one point they had filmed an episode in a strip club. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure I've heard that or read <laughs> that somewhere.
0: Um, Antonio Pena and Conan from AAA. Uh, there's major heat uh, and issues because of the wrestlers going up to WCW to earn more money. Um. Paul Heyman wants to bring in Lance Storm to ECW. Well, yeah. Do uh, do 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 do. Again, Jeff Jarrett did, debuted on WCW as a babyface and will replace Ric Flair. No, he won't. Uh,
1: um, I I just looked that up by the way. Yes, it was Shotgun Saturday Night. Yeah. And. Um, There's here, Shotgun Saturday Night debuted on January 4th, 1997 from the Mirage Nightclub in New York. One of the most memorable moments of the debut episode occurred when Molina climbed on the ring apron during a match between Goldust and the Sultan and removed her top causing the Sultan to be distracted and lose the match. Though she was wearing pasties and Doria back was facing the camera, this incident was a precursor to the tone of the WF programming for the next several years.
0: Yeah. (laughs) There we go.
1: You say pasties. That's what it says. Pasties.
0: Excellent stuff. <laughs> you ever seen two pints of lager and a packet of crisp? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sheridan Smith does that, doesn't she? She she comes downstairs in an old pasty fucking uh, Yeah, but and does a dance for Ralph for Johnny.
1: Yes, but that is taking the term pasties a little bit too literal. It's basically just the <laughs> little little things that cover the nipples.
0: Yeah, it's like tit tape,
1: isn't it, yeah. Yeah, what well, the circular? Yeah, kind of like a like a suction cup. But yeah, cool in, not transparent. Um,
0: the WWF bought commercial time during WCW Nitro on TNT and aired throughout most of the country right before Raw started. A commercial aired Day saying "Make the switch to Raw," and another commercial hyped up the upcoming "Buried Alive" pay per view it did not make a difference the WWF got crushed in the ratings Uh, for those curious WCW is winning the adult demographic by a huge margin the kid demographic is about even and the WWF is winning the teenage demographic Um, but it's the adult viewers who are making all the difference and all the money Uh, Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle has reportedly decided against doing pro wrestling so all negotiations have ceased Um, it looks like Randy Savage may be finishing up with WCW after the pay-per-view So we'll see what happens there um There's apparently heat between Hall and Nash and Hulk Hogan. Hall and Nash are reportedly tired of playing background characters to Hogan and are upset about how much money Hogan is making compared to them. I don't think they'll be that upset, mate, to be honest. Uh, It's Hulk Hogan, for fuck's sake. And you certainly don't start fucking whapping your dick out and fucking
1: helicoptering after three months, do you? Um, And if they do that, Hogan would use his, uh, his influence to make sure that they get less TV time. Yeah. Um, (laughs) WWF
0: is trying to get Mr. Perfect to give up his Lloyds of London disability policy because they need him to return as a babyface for if Bret Hart ends up not returning. Um, And finally, there's lots of news on the WWF Livewire show. Vince McMahon appeared on the episode to get over the angle with Jim Ross and talked about WCW some, uh, mostly that they have lost millions of dollars and that Ted Turner has some sort of vendetta against him. They talked about the two times that Jim Ross was fired by the WWF, and they basically implied that Ross had been talking to the wrong people. Doc Hendricks then said the stupid sheet writers... um, I agree. Dave says Ross was fired for giving an interview to the PW Torch, although he wasn't employed by the WWF at the time he did the interview. The interview was printed after he was rehired, uh, so he was fired for it. Ross later called into the show, blaming Vince for his Bell's palsy attack, saying that the stress put on him by Vince caused it. On the same episode, they also introduced a character named Vic Venom.
1: Oh, for fuck's sake. Vince (laughs) Russo.
0: Yes. (laughs) Russo has been writing columns for the WWF magazine and basically does an I'm a real journalist gimmick and makes veiled shoot comments. A lot of people liked the character, but Dave wasn't a fan. In even, more, in even more news from the same episode, Paul Heyman called into the show as Bruce from Connecticut before being revealed as Heyman and went off on Vince for stealing ideas from ECW. And finally, at one point during the episode, Sonny talked about how the live chat room conversation was buzzing over Vic Venom and Vince McMahon being on the show, but they accidentally showed the computer screen and it was all an endless stream of I love you Sonny, hi Sonny, I'm glad you dumped Skip, and whatnot. This is a really interesting episode and fully worth watching <laughs> I've seen little bits of that I think I've seen the little bits where um, yeah Bruce from, from Connecticut I kind of remember that fucking uh, that little segment just a little fucking thing on YouTube but yeah there you go that's the that's the wrestling news from the uh, 7th of October 1996 anything further to add there Brian uh, fuck Vince so fuck Vic Venom I like it yeah no yeah, worries Vic Venom. <laughs> <laughs> At, at Castle on Twitter and everywhere else on the old socials, at Brian Talks Crap for the my man over there to give you some delightful Premier League uh, football uh, coverage. If you, you can't watch it, then you can always tweet along with Brian. Uh, watched a hell of a game last night, didn't you?
1: Yeah, really enjoyed it. Man, you are,
0: I won uh, 40 quid on that. You won
1: 40 quid?
0: Yeah. Nice. Put, as soon as the first goal goes in, obviously De is down crying like a little fucking sissy boy on the floor because Fred scraped his fucking uh, scrapes his Achilles with his studs. Um, as soon as I saw that goal go in and be awarded, I thought, yeah, there's going to be a penalty in this and United are going to get it. So <laughs> I whacked a fiver on Ronaldo to score a penalty and lo and behold, 6-1 to one it came in. So I'm happy. Um, that'll pay for. I don't fucking know. i got go towards me tattoo tomorrow. You know, I'm in all day tomorrow for a fucking tattoo. Oh,
1: Jesus Christ, I don't envy you. Yeah. What are you getting, by the
0: way? I, just, I haven't decided. I honestly haven't decided. Oh. I don't know oh, yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be... Uh, Lastminute.com, I think. This, uh, I think I'm going on the hand, so I need to have a, uh, a, an in-depth discussion with Amy uh, about the, the placement and stuff like that. She did email me the other day and said, I'm absolutely happy to do it, but you need to realise that hand tattoos and careers, they don't mix, and also there's a high risk of infection. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, we'll to talk about it over a coffee and shit and see what we do. Um but yeah, other than that, fucking hell, we're getting very close to Christmas, we're getting very close to Halloween Havoc 1996, the WCW title being on the line between Macho Man Randy Savage and Hollywood Hogan, who's, well, he owns Elizabeth's body now, so <laughs> can the stakes get any higher? see. Who knows. The preceding announcement was paid for by the Nitrogen Podcast, we'll see you next time.
1: Unfortunately, there was no, uh no Murray.